Hello, this is Do Go On. I'm Matt Stewart. And I'm Taran Jayamana. And uh, we're in Sydney. And uh, we're about to be in Brisbane. And we're doing live shows. They're called Dry Dryer. And also, who knew with Matt Stewart in both those cities? And you can get details at mattstewartcomedy.com. Anything else you want to tell the good listeners that do go on, Saran? Well, the whole point of this was you thought that it might be more engaging if you had a different voice. But you've said most of the information. So, hey, come see us in Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah, that was engaging. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching. <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalised results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI, Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. <laughs> And edit it. (laughs) Hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music or ebooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. (laughs) (laughs) And you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Welcome to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Dave Warnicky, and as always, I'm here with Jess Perkins. David, looking dashing as always. Thank you so, so much. Dashing Dave, I call him. That's right. I wear a tuxedo on these podcasts. At all times. I've never seen you in um, civilian clothing. <laughs> civilian. Only tuxedos. And sometimes I say, Dave, chill the fuck out, bro. And you're like, no, no, no. We go on tour, you're in a tux. We're on a plane, 14-hour flight, tux it up, baby. <laughs> we have sleepovers. You're in a tux. Yeah, you sleep right. in a tux. I share in a tux. <laughs> I'm worried about the smell of that tux. <laughs> and joining us this week, uh, I'd love to hear their thoughts on the tuxedo. Please welcome back to the podcast, Beck Petratus is Yay, here. Hi, Beck. for having me. Well, when you said civilian clothes, yeah. you implied that, like, I feel like, <laughs> are you a secret agent? You can't tell us, right? I think if you ask yeah. outright, they have yes. to tell you. You have right. to tell so me Dave, if you're. Are you a secret agent? Yes. Oh, got well, him. That makes a lot of sense with the tuxedo. You got to go to I all have, the fancy dinners. Yeah. This is the truth. I've got to say, I've got to tell the truth, but I do have a license to kill you now. <gasps> you understand that? Only now that I know the truth. Yeah. Before that, you could not have killed me. No, I wouldn't have had reason to. But now you can kill me, yes. and you don't have to have a reason. I'm just gonna. <laughs> Hover that over you Wait, forever. all the listeners know as well. Oh, this is oh very my gosh. What have we done? Sorry, everyone. I'm all made so a list. sorry. 
Dave the, has a license to kill everyone now. Hopefully no one's heard this. It will have been edited out. Oh, yes, true. No one knows that I am definitely 100% a secret agent. <laughs> and who's going to kill us all? Exactly. If people know, but we'll edit that yeah. out. Sure, and we'll edit that out, yeah. but I would like our editor to just keep it aside somewhere <laughs> for if and most likely when I die in mysterious circumstances. Mm. Okay, don't worry. I'm very good at making it look like an accident. Okay, and now, AJ, don't I worry. really need you to isolate that bit as well. <laughs> also, don't worry. I'm really good at make. Yeah, you're good at your job, but yeah. everything else you've said is quite worrying. Oh, I want you I to think. know that you're dealing with a true professional, Beck. <laughs> I- don't worry about it. <laughs> You're going to be killed by a true professional. I can tell because of the beautiful bow tie you're wearing. (laughs) Exactly. This bow tie says, I never miss. Yeah, this bow tie says, I'm a secret person and you'll never guess what I'm doing. Wow. You're so secretive. I never- Exactly. You blend in anywhere in your full tuxedo. (laughs) It's a surprising early rant we've gone on and I don't hate it. I'm sorry. I, I feel don't like hate it. I encourage tangents. I started with a tangent. Oh, no, Beck. We don't like that at this I've podcast. I've got a big bucket of tangents for you. We Here. don't. No, have please. One. I'm full of tangents. No, this one's about oranges. I couldn't have another. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, Beck, you've entered the podcast at one of the most magical times yeah. of the year. I know you're a big Christmas block, fan. Block. Oh, sorry. I was just going to start chanting to myself. Yes, you're I am. You're a big Christmas fan, but Block fucking blows Christmas out of the water. Mm. Do you know what? Fuck Christmas. Fuck wow. Christmas. People are saying it. Agreed. It's about time someone comes in and says, it's time for block. Where are the blockmas trees? I agree. Are there blockmas trees? I think it would be a palm tree. Oh, yeah, okay, that's Okay, I love a palm. Love yeah, a palm. that's yeah, why. That's I thought it's a great yeah. tree. Yeah, yeah, great. Yeah. I think you see a palm tree and you feel like you're on holiday. Unless you live somewhere surrounded by palm trees. What if you work somewhere surrounded by palm trees and then, oh, my God. Well, then you probably, you never work a day in your life no. if you're surrounded by a palm. That's true. Is that how that phrase goes? I believe so. Yeah. So, it's block. It's a magical time. We are counting down the nine most voted for topics. Absolutely. We send out a big poll. People vote on it. And these are the top nine, which does infuriate me. I'd prefer it to be a 10 or an eight, but <laughs> it's nine and I'm fine with it. And we're up to the second most popular. Yeah, Beck, this is big time. We I'm, are top two. I can't believe I'm here for this. Yeah. The second most voted for topic of the year. I want to make it very clear. We would norm- normally never have you here for this. Oh, absolutely not. I would be not surprised at all if if I tried to come in the podcast yeah. studio, you spat at me yep. and you shouted angry slurs and I'd I do be like, that understandable because you got to get me out of here because I'm not important enough usually yeah but for some reason okay now yeah Matt's away yeah, so Matt's away. we <laughs> we, need- we were desperate <laughs> yeah the pod does not work with two people Mm-mm. and so we do need a third so um yeah you are you're filling an important role and look we're delighted to have you here but it is important you know normally you'd never be welcome <laughs> <laughs> what a good that, energy it's <laughs> Except for the time earlier in the year when you came on and you were definitely wrong. <laughs> yeah, because that wasn't block. Oh, yeah, okay. it wasn't block. No, saying. block is sacred. But this is this is big time. Uh, for people who haven't joined us before, we take it in turns to report on a topic, and it is my turn to do the second most voted for topic of 2023. And here is a question to get us onto that topic. Fantastic. My question for you both is: Which character does the great Elizabeth Hurley play in the year 2000 film? <gasps> Starring Brendan Fraser, <gasps> Bedazzled. Oh, beautiful film. A beautiful film. A beautiful film. Beck, I'll let you take this one. Oh. Janine. Janine. Gonk. 
Janine Gonk Lockett. Is, is that her? That sounds like her. I'm going to need more information, wait. including the correct answer. Hang on, wait. Is it, is it the devil? It is the devil. Okay, it is the devil. My it's, brain. It is the devil. Okay, Janine Gonk, a.k.a. Satan. <laughs> I for a second forgot she was the devil. And I was like, oh, she must have a beautiful name like beautiful Janine name. Gonk. Janine Gonk. Janine Gonk. It's a great name. She looks like a Janine she, too, doesn't yeah, she? Yeah, she Elizabeth Hurley. looks like a Gonk. Yeah. <laughs> Famously Gonkish. Oh, oh my God. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, the answer is, of course, the devil or Satan. And by the year 2000, they were able to have quite a lot of fun with Satan. But in the two decades prior to this, probably not so much because the USA had been gripped by the satanic panic. Oh, it rhymes is, and I like that. That's good stuff, is it? It's yeah. great branding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is the topic of this week's episode, <gasps> the satanic panic, suggested by a couple of people. Uh, thank you to Reuben Dodd from Broken Hill, oh. who wrote in brackets, lucky me. <laughs> Beautiful area. Love, yeah. love it out there. Uh, Marty Goodwin from Brooklyn, New York. New York. Scott Coventry from Greenock or Greenock. We've okay. had some feedback in the Patreon group that we're saying that wrong, I believe. God, they're fucking tedious over there, aren't they? <laughs> Those people who support you. Those people who love us and support us. But I think that's only if it's in Scotland. It doesn't actually say which Grenock or Grenick Scott commentary is in at the time. So thank you so much. Anyway, uh, Erica Parody from Ottawa in Canada and Jacob Miller from Bloomington, Indiana. Wow. Real mixed bag. Real mixed bag. Spread out. Do they all love Satan or Panic? Oh, I think we're about to find out. Yeah, it's about 50-50 in that list. Yeah. The Satanists I've, were first, the panic is second. Yes. I famously love to panic, so I am fully in on at least 50% of this report. Great. Same. <laughs> Do you know much about the satanic panic? It's one of those things that I've I've heard the phrase, had no idea any, any more about. No, it. no, not at all. I, th- I did think you were about to say, do you know much about panic? Like, I thought we were going to keep talking about panic. And I'm I'll like, be like, oh, like, oh, yeah, mate. Gonna, I, I mean, yeah, if you'd like to prove your credentials. <laughs> oh, I got, I got diagnosed with a generalised anxiety. Disorder, but I didn't know I got diagnosed with it because I was too anxious and oh panicked gosh. that I didn't uh, clarify. But I read a piece of paper a lot later that said it on it. That's incredible. Maybe two years later, I was like too panicked to actually clarify what the doctor said. So I'm very good at panic. So, yeah. So yeah. B- by not clarifying, you've proved yourself. Yeah, that I you think do so. Have the like anxiety. I, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Satan, I th- haven't. The doctor hasn't said anything yet, but maybe I should have asked. <laughs> I'd follow up. I'd ask to see a, a, a Just copy of your increase. records. Yeah, it could be possessed. I'm not sure. Not sure. No, I'm not sure. Didn't do, ask. Do you know? you got to ask specifically. You do. It's a bit like asking somebody if they're a secret agent. You have to be like, yes. am I possessed by the devil? <laughs> yes or no, you have to tell me. Yes. Now, just a content warning for everyone listening. There's some full-on accusations of murder, assault, and crazy satanic rituals oh, in this wow. episode. Oh, Okay. So just a little content warning. That's right. If, you're not, if that's not your bag, don't worry. I'm not going to go into f- full on detail about a lot of the stuff. Yeah. But um, it's, that it might be a little bit exactly upsetting for you. Impossible wow. not to mention. I'm afraid. Okay. Now, the Satanic Panic was one of the longest and most famous media scares in history. A series of moral panics in the 1980s and 90s led to social hysteria and a cultural panic that heavily influenced many high-profile criminal court convictions. Wow. All up, there were over 12,000 claims of satanic ritual abuse. But how on earth did the world get there? Because when you said before, like, um, about the movie... And in the the couple of decades before that, I was like, does he mean centuries? Like, it feels like 
it feels like something that would happen in like the 1700s, you know? Yes. Yeah. A lot of people did compare it to the hysteria around the Salem witch yeah, trials. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm thinking. Absolutely. But this is in the 80s and 90s. Yes. Of the 19s. Of the 19s. <laughs> a, time that, a time that we all lived through. That was a cool and normal way to ask. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> so are these, are these 90s from the 19s? Or are we talking 18s? What sort of 80s are we talking about? <laughs> 17, 19? That's so- 20! <laughs> and in my head, that is so recent. And if you say it isn't, oh, I will get a satanic panic <laughs> no, within yeah, me. Yeah. It's very it's recent. It's very recent. If it's a, within our lifetime. Yep. And in my life, I'm so young. <laughs> We're babies. We're tiny baby boo-boo. Well, yeah. Boo-boo gaga. <laughs> so much to look forward to. I need my bot-bot. <laughs> that sounds like you wanted a butt. I don't know why you want a yeah. Do you call a bot? Okay. My bot-bot. <laughs> Give me that butt. My bottom. <laughs> Give me butt, that please. Bot-bot. I need a bottom. <laughs> <sighs> Might put myself on time out. Just come in with a weird energy today. I had right. to go at Beck. I had to go at the Patreons. <laughs> I blame Satan. I feel yes. like Satan. You, could, yeah, you know, that's, that's, right. that's you an feeling, option here. Are you feeling that in the air tonight? It's not that it's a bit warm in here and I'm a bit tired <laughs> and I've, I'm losing no, my mind a little bit. It's definitely the devil. It's definitely the devil. So how do we get here? Well, cults and the violence they were capable of and Satanism had been heavily profiled in the media all the way back to the Manson family murders in the late 1960s. We've done a podcast on before. Mm-hmm. At this same time, Anton LaVey founded the Church of Satan, calling himself its high priest. He later published the Satanic Bible in which he set down the teachings and rituals of his church. And according to the good people at Britannica, LaVey presented Satanism not as the practice of evil or the worship of an actual antichrist, but as a kind of ethical egoism. Hmm. According to LaVey, traditional religions were fundamentally hypocritical and dangerously inhibited the physical tendencies and emotional needs that were vital to human life. He instructed his followers to obey the law, and he taught that indulgence in pleasure could be beneficial only if it did not harm others. Okay. Oh, gosh. Oh, no. I'm agreeing with the Satanists already. That all sounds pretty fine. That sounds quite reasonable. That sounds really reasonable. Also very moderate. Yeah. And I do, I really do agree that people should enjoy stuff more. Like, I think that's a a big problem that people have when you withhold enjoyment of something, especially when it doesn't hurt others. Yeah. Like getting, sometimes like when I get a cold, I'll, I'll go get like Codrill Original. Yeah. This okay. Is not a good example. No, yeah. Just to like just to just it. to dwell in the cold for a bit. No, no, Codril Original's good. Like you're like, oh, that's a good thing. But sometimes like I shouldn't have too much Codril Original. Yeah, yeah. This is not relatable to a global audience. <laughs> when does this when does the Satanism get involved? Here? I think it's because uh you can you can dwell in your sadness and unhappiness, whereas you should try and find joy and try yeah. and help yourself more right, and I buy the Codril original. This sounds like an ad for I'm not chill. Yeah. Um, this is barely you couldn't related. think of anything else you like. No, just Codril original. <laughs> I worry about you, Beth. I know. I should listen to Satan more. <laughs> Enjoy things. So he puts his book out, but Vox describes the book as full of plagiarism and other people's ideas. And he has been It's accused- a whole page that starts with, <laughs> I have a dream. <laughs> it's quite, it's beautiful. It's quite rousing. I don't yeah. see what it has to do with Satanism, but it's, it's beautifully written. And then there's my loneliness is killing me. And that's also a big yeah. part of Satan. Yeah. And that right. was before, that's interesting to plagiarize something before it comes out. And yet, and yet, here we are. And yet, here we are. <laughs> He has been accused of writing the book in order to build a lucrative and tax-exempt business as well. Either way, it sold over a million copies, was highly publicised. LeVay was a fantastic self-promoter. He has an incredible look. If you're at home, look him up. 
Bald with jagged eyebrows and sculptured dark facial hair, appearing in photos with a cloak or a cape, often holding snakes. And numerous articles, magazines and other TV shows featured him and dubbed him the father of Satanism, the St. Paul of Satanism and the evilest man in the world. Okay. So far, cool Brandon. Even though he wasn't really doing anything evil, he just kind of looked cool and was like, yeah, I'm I'm the Satan guy. Yeah, I don't know if you can then label him evil or the evilest guy in the world. Now, just no. capes are pretty evil. Oh, shit, sorry. I did, I, I, cape, you forgot the cape. I forgot the cape. Part. No, capes are, I'll oh. take that back. That guy's evil. Oh, Looking man. at him, he does seem a bit like like if they gave a WWE wrestler the Satanist persona yeah, yeah, yeah. coming out, that yeah, kind of thing. It's quite camp. Yeah, yeah, really, mm. really over the top. Yeah. Uh, Britannica continues, LaVey's persona was always greater than the Church of Satan, whose membership never exceeded about 2,000 people. And which declined when a splinter group called the Temple of Set formed in 1975 in response to LeVay's selling of higher church offices. Okay. I think it's kind of like give me give me some money. You can be a, you can be in the church. You can be up here. You can buy your, you buy your way in. So it does feel very business like to me. Mm. He also said that he had romantic affairs with the actresses Marilyn Monroe and Jane Mansfield, and these stories have been proven to be absolute bullshit. <laughs> But he did help to put Satanism on the mainstream map because he was doing a lot of media. Like, I think he went on, like, The Tonight Show. Wow. He's in magazines and stuff and people are like, what is this? And, you know, conservative people who are from the Christian background were a bit like, oh, this is an evil man. But really, I don't think he was doing that much evil stuff. Seems a little harmless. But I don't want to say that too soon. Yeah, (laughs) it feels like it may turn. I know. But in saying that, like, I feel like branding is an important part of religion. Like, you you don't think about it a lot. I, I, you know, I grew up Catholic Mm. and a big part of that was there was like a church shop and all I wanted at this church shop, and this was, I think, like, you know, merch. Yeah. I feel like I've talked about this on a podcast with you before, church merch. Church merch. Church merch. Um. Uh, was uh, there was a glow in the dark Mary statue? Yeah. And I was like, I want that so 100%. bad. percent <laughs> glow in the dark. I want it so bad. We went on an excursion mm. to to a convent, mm. and I bought a little mini glow in the dark. It was tiny, but I got a glow in the dark. Wow, Mary. You got it. Did 100%. you ever get it back? Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I used to light it up and then like sit and look at it. So cool. That, and that's kind of all you do with a glow in the dark thing. I've just described an, nice. an object. <laughs> I got an object and I enjoyed that object. I'm glad you got it because that's what life is all about, remember? Enjoy. Nice moments. Did yeah. you ever have a like a crucifix or a cross necklace? I had a lot of different necklaces. My, I, nan, my nan loved a necklace. I was very excited to get get one for like First Communion or something. Mm. It was also the only type of jewellery you were allowed to wear to school and I think that was a lot of the appeal oh, as so well. The, the cross it's was a Catholic exempt. school so you could wear a crucifix. Do they ever say the how... Big it could be. Could you have one? <laughs> Mine was fucking In theory, huge. dragging on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> what? What's the problem? I'm sorry. Am I not allowed to love Jesus in this school? <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, excuse me. I'm on my way to PE. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to use this to cricket bat. Giant cross. <laughs> <laughs> cricket bat. <laughs> So then in the 70s, first came the best-selling book, The Exorcist, and it's extremely successful in 1973. Film adaptation. Build as being based on a true story. Fox, which I've already referenced, because they've got a great article about the Satanic Panic written by Aja Romano that I'll link to if anyone wants to see more. Beautiful name, too. Mm. Great name. And uh, Aja Romano writes, The Exorcist profoundly impacted America's collective psyche regarding the existence of demons and single-handedly transformed the popular Ouija board from a fun, harmless parlour game into a malevolent device capable of inducing spirit possession 
demonic infestation, or other paranormal activity. Have you ever Ouija boarded? I've never Ouija boarded. You ever Ouija? I, I have a vague memory, but not much. Yeah, I've vague memory of yeah. a Ouija board at a party. Yeah. But it, it always seemed a bit Someone's like pushing someone it. was pushing You know it. how it's yeah. like, it's quite a, a unique word. O-U-I-J-A. Yeah. Ouija board. Do you know why it's called that? No. The person who, like, created it, apparently that's the first word that it spelled out. So oh. that's why it's called that extremely, you know, strange-looking word, a Ouija board. Huh. Isn't that amazing? That is. Yes, it's the but first it's word. also not a word. No, and it feels like that person just wanted to call it that and went, oh, oh spooky. Yeah. Oh, What you. should I call you? <laughs> ah, yeah. I mean, it is a good name because it definitely wasn't, like, trademarked. <laughs> they went through yeah. it and they yeah, like, like uh, Hocus Pocus board. Can't call it sp- spooky board. Spooky board. <laughs> scary board. Talk to ghost board. Take it or take Also in the early 1970s came another best-selling book called Satan Seller which was written by a man, intriguingly for me, named Mike Warnke. Whoa! Very close to my W-A-R-N-K-E, so without my, my Ooh, E, but very close to me. That's very I'm close. Ne- I, I've never even met a, Dave, a Warnke. That's spookily close. Can you feel that? Warnke. In 1972, Satan Seller, Warnke writes about how he was orphaned as a child where he was introduced into Satanism, where he participated in sexual orgies, alcoholism and drug dealing, his rise in the ranks of Satanism to the level of high priest, presiding over satanic rituals including magical spells, summoning demons, ritual sex, and then- That's how I do it. (laughs) It's a ritual. It's a ritual. Same time every week. Always wearing cloaks. Always in the same exact order. (laughs) You like candles? (laughs) Suddenly spooky. (laughs) It's a spooky sex. And the book also details how he found Jesus and became an evangelist. Oh, wow. What a roller coaster. It was a big seller in religious circles, putting him on the map as a preacher and also as a satanic expert throughout the 1980s. In the 90s, however, an investigation into Warnkey by Christian magazine Cornerstone revealed all his claims to be completely made up. Oh, wow. So even the Christian people were like, this doesn't sound right to us. So they wow. did a big investigation. They also investigated John Todd, who claimed to be a former occultist who was born into a witchcraft family before also converting to Christianity. John Todd also made a variety of claims about witches, Satanists, and the Illuminati controlling people. And I actually read that John Todd and Mike Warnke didn't get along. <laughs> and in one meeting between Todd and Warnke, the two had a backstage confrontation and Todd accused Warnke of stealing his testimony regarding the Illuminati. <laughs> so even the conspiracy theories are like, no, it's a conspiracy that you stole my theory on the conspiracy. Wouldn't right. that just support your conspiracy <laughs> yeah, that, no, theory, that's you silly You're buggers? stealing it. You're part of them. You're oh. part of them. Then you go like, yeah, then the, then the thing. That's so funny. Yeah, That's so funny mo- for two conspiracy theorists to go, you're lying about the thing I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mine's real. People should buy my book, not yours. <laughs> That's great. It turned out they were both full of shit. What? But at the time, this stuff was being taken on face value <laughs> and more and more people were being exposed to the idea of satanic cults. Hmm. The late 70s and early 80s also saw the killer clown John Wayne Gacy, Ted Bundy, the son of Sam Killer, the unsolved murders by the Zodiac Killer. Hmm. We've done reports on um, a lot of those. AIDS misinformation, homophobia, and then the panic around the Tylenol murders that we did for yep. Block last year. Yep, great report, if I may say so myself. And through all these things, <laughs> all mini panics, they, it was a great It was very good. It was one of your best. I, I agree. I totally agree. <laughs> 
I thought for a second there you didn't do it. And I was like, that's a fun bit. <laughs> no, <laughs> I did. You did. It's one of few I remember. Yeah, great stuff. Yeah. But through all these things, there's all mini panics about all these things. And together, America was on edge. Both danger and evil seemed to be lurking around every corner. Throw in equally intriguing and terrifying satanic mysticism, some alarmist Christian preachers, and you've got the recipe for a perfect Moral panic. Mmm, good soup. Mmm, <laughs> <laughs> mm, delicious panicky soup. Oh, Grab a bowl. Those are all the ingredients you need. <laughs> Needs a little less morals. <laughs> but the thing... I that- don't know. I couldn't think of any other word he'd said. That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> morals are gross. I get it. You don't want to Less morals in my soup. <laughs> Well, the thing that arguably made the whole thing boil over and explode in the public's consciousness. <gasps> Soup. <laughs> sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> nah, this is all checking out. I also think Evan, Evan put a soup, my partner Evan put a soup in the microwave yesterday. No cover. This is oh, not to do with Evan, this. Evan, what oh, are you doing, mate? Isn't that hectic? He was like, oh, no, this is fine. I was like, that's a hectic That's risky. Unless you're doing that hectic. 10 seconds at a time, you're a fool. Yeah. Evan's one of the smartest people I've <laughs> ever met in my entire life. And then sometimes there's gaps in his knowledge like that. And I'm like, how the fuck have you gotten here? That's so How's funny. Out of all the like uh, electrical items on earth, the one thing I'm better at ever than that is microwave. <laughs> Got him. And you don't even have a microwave. I don't even have oh one. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. An expert regardless. Wow. Anyway, did they put uh, the, the panicky soup in the microwave? No, but they put, it, they put it into a spooky cauldron. <laughs> a broth. Okay, no, I'm getting too spooked now. <laughs> Sorry, we've got to pull it back. I can't handle that. Double bubble. No, oh, no. It's in a spooky Tupperware container for later. <laughs> That's I can handle that. Okay, good. The, the thing that made it boil over wasn't a microwave. Okay. It mm. wasn't a cauldron. Okay. The thing that made it explode in the public's consciousness was the 1980 publication of a book called Michelle Remembers. Oh, my God. That is spooky. That Remember is... this? Remember this? No. No. <laughs> we went alive. Rebecca we're very forgot. young. Yeah, no. <laughs> I feel like it's that's a spooky name. That's a great name, for Michelle. Remembers. Yeah, because you instantly go remembers what? Yeah, <gasps> what are you talking about? Yeah. So it was written by Canadian psychiatrist Lawrence Pazda and his psychiatric patient and later wife. Okay. Oh no. Ethically murky. <laughs> yeah. Michelle Smith. There's not enough morals in that soup. <laughs> Yeah, more moral in your soup, yeah, sir. Yeah, you need more morals. So the book chronicles therapy sessions between Pazda and Smith, Michelle, and alleged recovered memories of satanic rituals she claims she was forced to attend as a child. Oh. She claims she was locked in cages and that animals and babies were sacrificed during the rituals oh. conducted by a secret society. So she alleged some really wild stuff. Using hypnosis, Lawrence Pazda claimed he was able to recover repressed memories from her childhood. Over 600 hours of hypnosis... Jesus. Pazza relied on the now discredited practice of recovered memory therapy. Michelle said in a television interview, because there was lots of press about this, it's a big deal. She said, basically, what I remember was a 14-month period of my life at age five where I was given to a group of people whom at first I wasn't aware of what they were doing, other than to a child, they were adult doing things that I couldn't understand that frightened me. They sacrificed animals and they used fetuses of babies in their ceremonies. So this is, this is what she's going on, claiming it sells... Lots of copies. Mm-hmm. I have to say, it was a big payday for the authors. Mm-hmm. Michelle remembers was the first published survivor account of alleged satanic ritual abuse and was a publishing success, earning Pazda and Smith a $100,000 hardcover advance and $242,000 just for the paperback rights. Far out. Then it sells lots. Wow. Crucially, Michelle also said in a TV interview, I think 
Today, it's very, very wise to take a good hard look at where you place your children, into whose care you place your child. Uh, Like I said, big news, bestseller, and it really freaked people out. It also says a lot about that sort of morbid curiosity that humans have as well, that a book that details horrific stuff like that sells so well. But I mean, like, yeah, you listen, there's so many true crime podcasts and Mm. there is, but it's just so, I find it so interesting that morbid curiosity that humans have. Mm. I have it. Oh, me too. 100% we all do. And sometimes I read and I go, I wish I hadn't read that. Yeah. Every time people go, God, I mean, really read this at your own at your own risk. And I go, oh, yeah, I'll read it. Yeah. Oh, why'd I read that? Oh, yeah, why didn't you warn me? Yeah, every time. It's just it's such an, a weird and interesting thing that yes. we have. So people yeah. were gripped by it, but also yeah. the, she's out there saying this could, basically saying this could be happening to your kids. Yeah. And Who- people are really going, oh, my God, really? Who are you trusting your kids with? Yeah. yeah. And did, did Michelle get any money from the the sales of the book? Did I miss that? Sorry. Oh, yeah. So, so her and her hu- eventual husband, Lawrence. Right. They, they're co-authors. Okay. Listed as co-authors. Both Good. went on the publicity circuit and both made lots of money. Did they marry ah, later? Yes, but not that much later. Okay, so they're yeah. kind of- They were probably together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And I've got to say, Michelle Remembers has now been completely discredited. Wow. Michelle Fogotti. Oh, no. Yeah, so now so, people are like, like you know, so you, the recovered memory technique isn't really a thing. Isn't really a thing. Right. In in most cases. I think a lot of the time yeah. it's like it, they see are now seen as like implanted memories or like, you know, yeah. teasing out dreams and things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and 600 hours of hypnosis is a lot of hypnosis. That's so much. I mean, you look at the, the situation of that. That whole thing sounds very morally murky, and then it makes it, 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 it's very. Wor- I don't think I need to say. I feel like me not saying anything. It's clear that I'm just going. Oh no! Yeah, no, like, yeah. It, this yeah, is yeah. all yeah, about good. just a, a guy coming in going. This is what you remember. That that, that feels, and, yeah. and also marry me. I oh, know. All feels icky. So yeah, what is the implication there? That it was made up. That. It just wasn't true. Yeah, that yeah, it was none implanted. Of that, none of that stuff ever happened because there's been lots of investigations into right. like her childhood and things like that. Her, you know, siblings being like, "What are you talking about?" Wow, like, no evidence of it. Her parents, who are very Christian people, were like, "What?" It's so wow. interesting that people do stuff like that if it is sort of coming from a bullshit place and not thinking about the fact that you have parents and siblings and evidence of your life yeah. at that time. But it does also, and this is, you know, I'm Castia Spurgeon, but it does feel a bit like, you know, you have someone who is in a what sounds like an unhealthy relationship, Yeah, I would say, and sometimes that can make you think, oh, this is the, you can get manipulated to yeah. think that their truth is better than the truth that, of your family. Yeah, like that's it, right. It kind of yeah. sounds like it might be a, a sort of controlling relationship. Well, I know my parents have pictures of me at that time, but they're fake. Stuff yeah, like that, yeah. That, stuff like that. That's Who knows? very worrying. Mm. Interesting. Mm. But the book really helped kick off the satanic panic of the 80s and then into the 90s. Great. Uh, oh. Part of that panic <laughs> is the uh, daycare sexual abuse hysteria that started in the 1980s. And as you can probably tell from that, not super funny topic. No. It all began in Kern County in California, where several local social workers had attended a training seminar that emphasized satanic ritual abuse as a major element of child sexual abuse and had used the now debunked memoir Michelle Remembers as training <gasps> oh, material. Shit. So these social workers are being told This happened This happened to her when she's growing up. Here's so what to look out be for. Be on the lookout for <gasps> it. Oh, as soon as you no. put that in people's heads, 
they're more likely to see something even if it's not. Of course, it's that sort of confirmation bias thing. Yeah. In 1982, Alvin and Debbie McEwen's two daughters alleged they had been abused by their parents and accused them of being part of a sex ring that included Scott and Brenda Niffen. The Niffen's two sons also claimed to have been abused and made claims of being involved in satanic rituals. Both couples, the McEwen's and the, and the Niffen's, were convicted in 1984 and given a combined sentence of more than 1,000 years in prison. Whoa. And from here, six similar cases occurred throughout Kern County, More than two dozen men and women were arrested and served decades-long sentences for abusing children. But the truth is, none of it ever happened. (gasps) That's so terrible. Oh, my God. To kick it off, Alvin and Debbie McEwen's two daughters were coached by their step-grandmother, Mary Ann Barber, who, according to the National Registry of Exonerations, Mary began to believe that the McEwen's had also abused their daughters and that the girls were not safe in their parents' home. The National Registry goes on. In most of these exonerations, the children who had testified they'd been abused recanted their testimony. In all of the exonerations, there was evidence that the complaining witnesses, some as young as four years old, had been coerced or persuaded by the authorities to make false accusations. What the fuck? That's awful. That's just terrible. Yes, I believe it. They like it's been. I think that their step grandmother Marianne Barber also had some severe mental issues. Wow. she was undergoing psychosis. Yeah, okay. And yep. was very scared of her kid and, and, the, and the partner yeah. around their grandchildren and she was just feeding them stuff that just didn't happen. Whoa. It, it is worrying when you when you do look at uh, things that are made in pop culture, people will make something really kind of um, and not think about the implications of what it might do to wider society. I, th- I feel like the people who made that, the Michelle's Remembers book, we're not considering that this could kick off. No, you know how could you think I mean, that? No. I mean, in saying that, it's not it's not necessarily the fault of the person making the no, thing no, that no, it's no, interpreted by someone, but it is it is interesting how things get interpreted by people in ways that you wouldn't expect. Yep, absolutely wild. Yeah, yeah. It's so scary. And yeah, the the ripple effect of it. Yeah. is so full on and, and scary. This is like only the first. First little ripple. It's going to wow. absolutely yeah. explode. This it's, it's wild. One boy, Brandon, who grew up grew up without his parents, Scott and Brendan Niffen, who I mentioned, because they were sentenced to prison oh, for shit. gruesome crimes. He and his younger brother described on the witness stand when they were very young. He later, after recanting, said he only repeated what he heard during weeks of group therapy and had no inkling his false statements would mean he would be separated from his family and assigned to live in foster homes for nearly a decade. Wow. It's just the impact one little moment can have. Yeah, because you're four years old, you're like, I don't know, like people are repeating stories and you're like, yeah, you know. Because you're four. Four. You don't understand anything. You don't understand consequences at that stage. It wasn't until 1996 that the convictions of the two couples were overturned and they were released. Over time, 20 of the defendants who were sentenced to prison were exonerated, the earliest in 1991 and the latest in 2008. Holy shit. Very late. Oh. Part of the problem was the district attorney in Kern County in California from 1983 to 2010 was Ed Yeagles. <laughs> to quote from Wiki. I don't know why Yeagles is fun. It's a fun name. But he's not a fun guy because Wiki says, during this time, he prosecuted some notorious cases of wrongful convictions and engaged in what is now acknowledged widely to have been a pattern of prosecutorial misconduct in which he convicted innocent people of abusing children. He created a task force to investigate sex crimes against children and all those people were charged without any physical evidence. Perfect. Oh, okay. He gets results, even though they were all wrong. (sighs) He gets bad 
results. Finally, from his wiki page, he was unapologetic about the false convictions in the 80s and was re-elected six times as district attorney before announcing his retirement in 2009. Fuck. America. Yeah. No, it's not your fault, America. But oh my word, oh my word. And it cost him a fortune too. The county had to pay millions in compensation to those that were wrongfully convicted and wrongfully jailed for sometimes for like decades. And you think about the the long-term mental impacts of that as well and the impacts on those families and their relationships. Yes. Mm. First and foremost, not first and foremost, but like what just one factor is those kids don't really know those parents very well. The parents went to prison because of the children, not their fault. No. But, mm, wild. Horrendous. Uh, and, and, that, and that kid who grew up to be Brandon and said- <laughs> And was at birth as well. But, Brandon, but yes. grew up to be, you know, adult <laughs> yes, Brandon interviewed yeah, yeah. saying, I think he said in the interview, like, we've worked past it now, but it was a lot. Of course it was. Yeah. 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 So much my therapy. parents went to jail for over nearly a decade because of what I said. Yeah. I think this is important too when you think about these things because sometimes you'll talk about- you know, a certain event happening or a true crime happening. I do a lot of on the side true crime podcast yeah. editing, and to hear from victims of things and the impact that it has makes you realize, like one, yeah, one terrible thing is not just a terrible thing. It's like you're saying, it's yeah. this ripple effect that impacts yes. everyone around you, your relationships, the relationships of the next generation yeah. as well, and like, oh man, you're not out yeah. of prison and fine. No, absolutely something not. Something absolutely horrendous happened to you and you served time for something yeah. you didn't mm. do. Years. A horrendous years. thing and you were accused of. the whole time of. you're there thinking, I didn't do this. Yeah. And the judge to just be completely, I mean, oh, yeah. that's terrible as well. It's bad stuff. And unfortunately at the time, the Kern County abuse case started what is known as the daycare sexual abuse hysteria of the 80s. There are many, many, many examples of this. Many that could be their own reports. There's a lot of info out there. But a very famous case is the McMartin preschool case. In late 1983, so not long after this, the McMartin family owners of a Californian preschool, as well as a McMartin teacher called Ray Buckley, were accused by a parent of molesting children under their care. I have read that the parent was later diagnosed with and hospitalized for acute paranoid schizophrenia. But the accusation came and the police sent a full-on letter to the parents of the 200 other children enrolled at <gasps> the preschool. Like, it's, it's, I'm not going to read all of it because some of it's like, oh my God, you can't write that in a letter and not expect people to absolutely lose their minds. Mm. It says, uh, Dear parent, this department is conducting a criminal investigation involving child molestation. Ray Buckley, an employee of the Virginia McMartins Preschool, was arrested on September 7 by this department. Records indicate that your child has or is currently a student oh, at the preschool. Don't send this in a letter. We are asking your assistance in the continuing investigation. Please question your child if he or she has been witness to any crime or he or she has been a victim. And then it goes on to describe some of the extreme things that Ray's been accused of and ask them to ask their child if they've ever seen another child get tied up by Ray. Jesus. Oh. Now, obviously, this really freaks out parents. Of course. And Susan Moran, who's a criminal defence attorney and professor at Case Western University's School of Law, told A&E True Crime, she said, when you send a letter out like that, naming the alleged individual, you're already tainting that investigation. Exactly right. These parents are ill-equipped with the proper questioning methods, Mm. and now you're going to have corrupt responses. Of course. And also- that's a phone call. That's a visit. That's yeah. something more than a letter. a letter. A letter feels like a very legal thing that they've done. They've done that so that mm. they can go, oh, we sent this letter. Here's this proof. Yeah. They needed to go but speak to people. 200 yeah. letters and then- 200 letters that are so- There's no way anything that comes yeah. of that can be trustworthy. Yeah, and they're all, yeah. you know, 
two, three, and four years old. So oh, like, that's... what are you going to get out of them? Yeah. Oh, terrible. Terrible. Uh, several hundred children were then interviewed by the Children's Institute International, a Los Angeles-based abuse therapy clinic run by Key McFarlane. The interviewing techniques used during investigations of the allegations were highly suggestive and invited children to pretend or speculate about supposed events. Later research demonstrated that the methods of questioning used on the children were extremely suggestive, leading to false accusations and could have led to false memory syndrome. Mm. Wiki writes, uh, Michael P. Maloney, a clinical psychologist and professor of psychiatry, reviewed videotapes of the children's interviews. Maloney, testifying as an expert witness on interviewing children, was highly critical of the techniques used, referring to them as improper, coercive, directive, problematic, and adult-directed in a way that forces children to follow a rigid script. He concluded that many of the kids' statements in the interviews were generated by the examiner. Yeah. Not their actual words, not their actual memories, not their actual thoughts and feelings. Putting the words in the kids' mouths, basically. Basically. Leading the witness, essentially. Yeah, yeah. And despite this, in 1984, seven McMartin family members and staff were charged with 115 counts of child abuse, later expanded to 321 counts involving 48 children. What the fuck? During the trial, accusations were made that the alleged abuses were satanic in nature, causing more more panic about it. Of course, yeah. There were stories of ritual sacrifice, witches flying, travelling in a hot air balloon. What the fuck's wrong with that? (laughs) (laughs) What's wrong with the hot air balloon? The last one didn't seem like a fit with that. (laughs) The spookiest mode of transport. And so, sorry, you've got a three-year-old going, and then we went in a hot air balloon. And then there was a witch there. And it's like, okay, I'm writing all of this down. Tell me more. Tell me more. Oh, my God, this kid's got all the goss. Surely a hot air balloon is a very easy thing to investigate. Was there a hot air balloon? Yes. Easy thing to spot. Well, that was like when Michelle remembers, like in one of her things that she remembers is that she was like taken on a plane, which she'd never been on before, mm. taken on a plane, flown to Mexico. Sure. And then flown like for the satanic rituals, then flown back to be back at home by the time her parents got home. That makes sense. You can do that. Easy. And people were like, that can't happen. Uh, if you're a Kardashian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they fly a lot. They fly yeah. too much. They fly private. They fly too much. Yeah, yeah you got to charter a jet. And, in, and they go stay in nice places. But you're right. <laughs> <It's> unrelated. <laughs> they vacation in a different way to us. They do. <laughs> but these kids are sort of just riffing stuff and they're writing it all down. And this shows you how ridiculous it was. When shown a series of photographs by Danny Davis, who was the McMartin's lawyer, one child identified actor Chuck Norris as one of the abusers. And they were still like, see? Got him. <laughs> and they arrested Chuck Norris. They didn't They didn't get him, but they're, they're still like, uh, yeah, they got that bit wrong, but still, these seven got to go to jail. <sighs> Uh, some children spoke of tunnels under the preschool used for the ceremonies. Several excavations proved these did not exist. They they, they did <laughs> excavations. Yeah, because the case lasted seven years. Oh, my God. It resulted in no convictions and all charges were dropped in 1990. Whoa. But by the case's end, it had become the longest and most expensive series of criminal trials in American history. That has ruined that business as well. Oh, yeah. Well, Ray Buckley had been in jail whilst, like, <gasps> on you know on trial for yeah. five years by this point. And he didn't do anything wrong. Didn't do anything. He, never never he, convicted. He worked at, at a, um, a daycare. Yeah. That is what he did wrong. Five years of his life gone. That's fucking crazy. And, like, so much media drama, so much... So many dollars spent on the most expensive trial America's ever done. It and was- then even when they're cleared, 
that business has to close. Or it's probably been closed for ages, but they can't. Yeah, I think the, the building ended up being demolished. It has to be. Oh, my gosh. It has yeah. to be because how can they then go, okay, well, we're all cleared. Yeah, well, yeah. Bring your children business. back. Come back on Monday. Nobody's going to do that. Even if you're cleared, nobody's going to do that. It's going to take years. That yeah. is Awful and insane. So, charges dropped in 1990, but at the time, in the mid to late 80s, it's front page news. Mm. In the aftermath of the charges and the publicity that surrounded them, including all the stories of satanic rituals and witches and all sorts of things, more than hot air balloons. You left off the hot air balloons. Yeah, the hot air balloons, the spookiest mode of transport. Mm -hmm. Yeah. After this, more than 100 other preschools faced similar accusations. Get fucked. Oh so it's like, like it just spread like wildfire across the country. I've never heard of any of this. This is wild. So, so wild. So many people's lives ruined forever. The organization Believe the Children was formed to promote the theory of ritual satanic abuse happening across the nation. What the fuck? Particularly in preschools and similar facilities. Can I ask, was Believe the Children run by religious people? It feels... Yes, religious. I believe so. Yes, yeah, sort of it does feel a bit religious. Heavy cons- yeah. heavily conservative people. Yeah, there's a there's a it's it does feel like a, it's a a fear based thing. I mean, believe the children is such a good message. You should do yeah, that. Yeah. But to be co opted in order to spread fear about yeah. something is very that's I hate that it's so much. Believe the children specifically about this one thing. Yeah, about that, Satanism. Yeah, that we really want to yeah, when they get say more that, children when they to say talk it didn't about. Happen, just ask them about it in a different way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because mm. of say, course they'll say no, it, everything's fine, and I really like my childcare. But you got to dig. You got to guide them a little. Yeah. yeah, and even when you dig and they find no tunnels under there, they've somehow covered up the tunnels. Yeah, oh. the tunnels were there, and we will find the tunnels. <laughs> oh my gosh! So it happened at so many preschools, and I can't go into all of them, of course. But the cut has an article written by Eric Vance that. Writes, in March 1988, residents of the small town of Stewart, Florida, were gripped by what can only be described as mass hysteria. Law enforcement officers had discovered a secret satanic cult being run out of the local Montessori preschool. I can't believe we don't have Matt Stewart here to answer for Stewart, Florida. Yeah. It feels like he he would be an expert. He'd expert. be he'd he'd quickly point out that they're, they're spelt the more evil way, S-T-U-A-R-T. Oh, right. yeah, yeah. oh no, that is. Nothing to do with I, his clan. I'm sorry, I didn't hear the you. <laughs> I didn't hear the you. Stuart. I couldn't have known. No. Stewart. Stewart, Florida. Stewart. Water. And the difference with these ones is the accusations came a decade later and the former preschool students and kids who are still only 12 or 13 were now able to uncover so-called buried memories of abuse through hours of interviews with law enforcement officers oh. and hypno sessions with psychologists. Oh. Resident Carol McMillan said, It got to be the kind of thing where every other storefront in the town had a new child psychologist. So, big business. I mean, it's so Yuck. terrible because there would – this isn't to say that there wasn't things happening. There might have been things happening, but if you're just continuously swelling up this fear. It's yeah. Just, yes, it also does – you're right, you cover hide, up the actual – Yeah, actual – Any actual abuse, you're right. Yeah. Oh. And in this town, more than 60 allegations were levelled and the town went bananas. Again from the cut, some residents attended town meetings armed with handguns, hunting for Satanists. Oh, my gosh. While others planted listening devices in classrooms and searched for mass graves on school grounds. One parent recalled, it was like Salem all over again. So parents are losing their minds. Do you know, I just had a flashback to when I was in primary school and everyone talking about a spooky clown who was apparently around. And I just remembered that that... 
I I was genuinely very scared about the spooky clown who didn't exist. People were like, there's a spooky clown, keeps coming to the school grounds. Yeah. And I was a tiny child. I was like, yes, of course there's a spooky of clown. Yes, I've seen the spooky the school clown. Grounds. Yes. See, that's the whole yes. truth for you. And yeah. I just remembered and I was like, oh, there was no spooky clown. But yeah. I've only just remembered just then, quite afterwards. This is a new book. Rebecca remembers. Rebecca remembers. <gasps> the clown. <laughs> the spooky clown that didn't exist. <laughs> the memories that were being uncovered by these, uh, you know, young teens and uh, kids in Florida were in fact false memories. And at least one of the psychologists was sued for implanting false memories in, in the patients. One of the 12-year-old girls, Kristen Grace Erickson, recalled at the time that she wasn't sure what she'd said was completely true. The memory felt funny, like a lie, she said. But she recalled saying something to, to the psychologist about her feeling, and he said, no, that's just what it feels like. It really happened. Oh, those poor kids. Far out. Fuck? So they're really being yeah, being told, no, 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 this is, this is what they, happened. They want it to have happened. They want satanic yeah. abuse to have occurred which yeah. is so wild and fucked uh, the cut article from eric vance also says a classic study by the legendary psychologist and memory expert ulrich nicer uh goes like this the morning after the explosion of nasa's space shuttle the challenger in 1986 which i've also done a report on <laughs> nicer took a poll of where his students were when they first heard about it almost three years later he ran the poll again and almost all the answers had changed in some way. Oh. Several people had even placed themselves in totally different circumstances. I was actually on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> I was on board. I was on board. I, I survived. survived. And then when they were told about it, they refused to believe the accounts they'd written down almost three years earlier. Yeah. Wow. They are like, no, no, no. What I'm remembering now is the truth. Memory is very unreliable. Mm. Is what I've learned from Dr. Carl. <laughs> I also learned it recently. I got from it. From Dr. Carl? Uh, I asked Dr. Carl about it yeah. and then I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what? What? I got I got for my birthday, I got a um Pokedex. Oh yes, yep. That um I had as a kid. Yep. Uh, and I remembered that it got taken from me at school. Oh. And I then someone asked, they were like, oh, who took it? And then I was like, Oh, I think it was these people, but maybe maybe I just lost it. Like, and then I had to think about it. And I'm like, there is no way to check this either. Yeah. Back in the old days, there's no way to like, you don't have phone, you don't have. Me- yeah. Now nowadays, it's a lot easier to try and fact check where you were. Yeah. And get some information because there's like a digital footprint. But back yes. then, there's no digital footprint. There's no way of checking anything. But anyway, I got my po- I got a Pokedex, and look, it's and a happy rolls. ending. And no one's stolen it? Not yet. Oh, now I don't, I'm not looking at it now. Where is it? Where is it, Rebecca? Where's my Pokedex? Could Remember. Be. Remember. Um, yeah, so mm. isn't it interesting, though, that to be so stubborn when, like, I've got, I've literally got a transcript of what you said three years ago, and they're like, no, nah, that's wrong. Wait, so they, they were even wrong with that? Oh, I missed this. No, oh, no, so no. they said this, they, uh, on, you know, on the, the day of the challenger, they, rec- they said I was here. Then three years later, he just asked them, where were you on the day that... The day we all heard about the Challenger disaster. Oh, I missed the, 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 it was this test as well. They, yeah. had, they had the information. And they said, oh. we were, I was over here, and then, which was completely different in a lot of cases. And when he said, oh, I've got your testimony here that says you're actually, you know, mm. at home. See, I, And they read that and went, I don't believe that. See, I didn't even take in properly what you just said. Oh, my god, Memory is so terrible. <laughs> it it's is. It's not even working currently. <laughs> and things can be suggested to people too. University of California Irvine psychologist, Elizabeth Loftus is an expert in this field, and one of her most famous sets of experiments in the 70s involved people viewing slides of a red Datsun, a car, passing a stop sign and then smacking into a pedestrian. Oh. 
The experimenters asked the subjects a number of questions, some of which are a little misleading, like, did another car pass the red Datsun when it stopped at the yield sign? Which is what they call a giveaway sign. The subject thinks for a moment and then says to herself, no, I definitely didn't see any other cars next to that yield sign. The sign had changed in their minds from a stop sign to a yield sign because that was what was suggested to right. them. Right. It's interesting. Like that video that used to go around the internet with that, there were people playing basketball and then there was a dancing, I can't remember what it was. It was either an elephant or a lion and you get distracted by the basketball and you as never, well. And then if you watch it back again, you go, oh my oh, gosh. Oh, there it is. Yes. I it's s- a little bit like that as well, but not at all. Actually, it's a different thing. That's a different memory thing. That was more coercion. My thing is just not paying attention to a lion in a dancing suit <laughs> or potentially an elephant. One of them. Some sort one of, of animal. Them, some sort of animal. Another one. So Loftus also proved that you're able to implant memories into people's childhoods. Looking back, mm. she was able to make many people believe that as a child they got lost in a shopping center and that a man in a jean jacket rescued them. Oh, my gosh. That I did that actually memory. happen that to me. That did happen to me as well. I don't know if he was wearing a jean jacket. So I got you. But I did get lost in a tie. Hey, 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 also- Jess? Huh? Are you sure he wasn't wearing a jean jacket? Whoa. No, hang no, no, on no. A <laughs> he was wearing jeans on the bottom. There's no way he was wearing jeans on the top. That would be crazy. Are you sure? Was it the 90s? Oh my God, it <laughs> was the 90s. <laughs> I was a child. <laughs> we were in a Target. I stopped to look at the toys. Mum said, Come on, Jess. I didn't come on, Jess. And then uh, she walked off, and then I was lost. None of that ever happened. What the fuck? <laughs> Loftus was also able to make others like think that they went to Disneyland where they got a photo with Bugs Bunny, even though he's not even a Disney character. Oh, see, I would oh. never, I, that would never happen to me. I would never mistake something like that. I'd be like, excuse me, that is that is the wrong corporation. <laughs> nice try, idiot. <laughs> Good one. Good one. <laughs> Maybe I went to Hollywood on the Gold Coast and got a picture with him. Would he be there? I don't know. No, he would Yeah, be. of course no, he would. He's yeah, one yeah. of yes. Yeah, no, no. I nailed it. No, he did it. Movie World. Warner Brothers Movie World. Hollywood, Hollywood on the Gold, on Gold Coast. Coast. What a place. <laughs> Superman roller coaster. Uh, more like the Scooby-Doo Spooky Coaster. Thank oh, you I very love the much. Scooby-Doo ride. I'm so sorry to tell you it's closed currently. What no. do you mean? What's happening to it? Um, they're redoing it. Oh, thank no, God. No, no, no. They're doing a good job. They're, yeah, it'll be it'll be open. Is it going to be Scooby-Doo themed? Yes, it will be. Okay. Yeah, they'll just break so it. Thank God, because that yeah. rules. Oh, it'd be so sad for it to look. So I don't fun. know why I brought up such a sad event. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> why did I do this? Not on this happy, happy podcast. No, no. I'm they still do a police academy. Um, <laughs> the stunt dr- show. Stunt show. <laughs> Love that show. <laughs> Loved it. So, Life just did all these experiments under controlled circumstances to prove that memory can be corrupted. Uh, some of the kids from Stuart, Florida have since discovered their memories to be false. Others knew they were lying from the beginning, but just wanted to make the adults happy. Oh. Oh. Furthermore, repeated questioning of children often causes them to change their answers. This is because the children perceive that repeated questioning is a sign they didn't give the correct answer previously, so they try again. Yeah. Oh. Poor buggers. So if you keep asking, they go, they stop thinking it's about the truth, it's about telling them what they yeah. need to yeah. hear. Often in these preschool panics, there was no evidence at all. And how could there be? The claims were wild. One babysitter from a church was accused of killing a giraffe and an elephant and drinking their blood in front of the children. Of course, yeah. But no. where do they get the animals from? Was anyone questioning this? Hang on. Have we asked the zoo? <laughs> <laughs> Has the, the zoo done living? a stock take recently? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Did they notice a missing giraffe? <laughs> <laughs> I've done so many stock takes working in retail. We just have to get there at like 6 a.m. You go through and scan everything with yeah. a little gun. Yeah, It'd be can. so funny doing that at the zoo. <laughs> <laughs> Meerkat. Yeah. Rhinoceros. I've got to get all of them, though. If you guys could line up, please. Beep, 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 beep. Then the gun runs out of battery. Oh, oh, oh. Get out. 
And stories like this happened all over the country. Nationally, in the USA, there have been dozens of exonerations in child sex abuse hysteria cases, but lots and lots of lots of people went to jail for many, many years. The Vox article written in March 2021 says, although most satanic ritual abuse cases eventually resulted in overturned convictions, at least three people at the time in 2021 were still serving prison sentences for crimes that most likely never happened. Oh, man. That's awful. So bad. And, of course, the media in the 1980s only helped fuel the flames of panic. In 1988, tabloid TV host Geraldo Rivera hosted a two-hour special on NBC called Devil Workshop, Exposing Satan's Underground. Okay. <laughs> and it's it's pretty it's on YouTube, you can watch it. I feel like to see that mustache saying such wonderful things, what a good time. <laughs> also Satan's underground is surely that's just hell, right? Yeah, that's, that's just, just like where Satan lives. Yeah, but yeah, maybe it's where he lives. It's the underground below hell. Like Ooh. Satan's basement. Oh cool. Satan's basement's what I call my ass. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Wow. I, I got a standing ovation for that. <laughs> you really get standing ovations on pods. I know, and I that's why I had to announce it because nobody would know. Yeah, you got it. Well announce. deserved. Thank you so much. Wonderful riff. <laughs> <laughs> so the show, it's, I watched a bit of it. In the show, he, cro- he crosses to a young man on death row who claims the devil made him commit the murder, as well as numerous religious experts, so-called followers of Satanism, and Ozzy Osbourne. Of course. <laughs> I feel like Ozzy also... Was he was he big into Satan? I guess no, he kind so he, of used Satan branding. Yeah, he's asked about the link between metal music and Satanism, and Ozzy he's like, I never started making music to freak people out. Like, Sharon, <laughs> it's so great. Uh, but Rivera says quite dramatically, the very young and impressionable should definitely not be watching this program tonight. This is not a Halloween fable. Get them away from the TV during the next report. I'm begging you, please, get them out of the room or change the station. I mean, I feel like that warning could go to everyone because it seems like old people and young people are taking these old people probably using it uh, and then using the criminal justice system. So that's probably bad. Yes. Yeah. Okay, good explanation. Yeah. She nailed it. That one really, that one really. They got away from me. They you. got away from me. I was like, oh, no, the mouth is still going, but the, the head has nothing the left. The brain's going. <laughs> and he says some wild stuff in here. He says, estimates are that there are over one million Satanists in this country. The majority of them are linked in a highly organized, very secretive network. From small towns to large cities, they have attracted police and FBI attention to their satanic ritual child abuse. The odds are this is happening in your town. Oh, all of those beautiful journalistic statements that are so vague. So vague. No, there's definitely no sources for these. And and when he's talking to people, he's actually quite good at cutting people off. So, like, because it's the 80s and there's, like, you know, there's a bunch of people on sa- on satellite links on different TVs and they start saying, like, one sentence and he goes, oh, stop you right there. We've got to move on now too. And he's really good at stopping it, but it also means that nothing is ever actually said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I get frustrated watching shows today with panel discussions where they stop yeah, people. Yeah, st- I'll stop like, you there. Have, have, like, one less person and yeah. then continue <laughs> yeah. the conversation. And have a conversation. Yeah. It was a huge rating success. And was oh. seen in 19.8 million homes, which was one. Oh, that's too many. <laughs> one third of the number that were watching TV that night. And that's and a million of those were Satanists. Yeah. So they were just tuning in, going, "Oh, all right, I hey, love this, this is what's we happening." We made the big okay. time. He's talking about me. Wow, oh, what? The heck? Got the popcorn out, having a great time. 
It was the highest rating, quote unquote, documentary to air until that point. Mm. But- <laughs> quote unquote documentary is very fitting. <laughs> <laughs> but between his special and 1995, hundreds of other documentaries like it aired on every major network. Because oh, it was, you know, they're like, shit, a lot of people are watching this. We better make some. Yeah. In 1989, Oprah featured Michelle Smith from Michelle Remembers and another woman, Laurel Rose Wilson, another author of a satanic ritual abuse survivor memoir, on her program, warning millions of her viewers about the danger that satanic cults pose to their children. Even Oprah was in on it. Come on, Oprah. In saying that, Oprah, like- I feel like we all remember the cars, but a lot of us don't remember that that was a talk show that aired, was it every day? Uh, Like, the amount of stuff you would have to put on. She had to fill some gaps. She had to fill, I feel like I'm worried to look back on Oprah. Yeah. (laughs) And Oprah's impact on people. What sort of books was she promoting in that club? Yeah. Satan books. Satan books. Michelle remembers. But genuinely, that's a very, um, she shouldn't have done that. No. Uh, you, all of these things, you just look at it and you go, oh, it makes me sad about journalism yeah. and media literacy. Yeah, but the people were absolutely swept up in it. In February of 1989, the St. Louis Post-Dispatch followed the example of other news outlets and launched a two-part expose on the supposedly growing satanic threat. According to self-styled authorities on cults interviewed by the paper, oh. devil worshippers perform 50,000 human sacrifices a year nationwide. Which is more than double the reported murders per year in the USA. Ah. But they explain that by writing, the murders are not recorded because the bodies are never found. And the bodies are not found because they are mutilated, the blood drained, and any remains not used for ritual purposes are burned. Oh, that's uh, that sounds like very factual information. Yeah, even though yeah. you, know, you think that mm. 50,000 people going missing and dying every year. Yeah. You think would, more people would be talking yeah, about that bit? People might realise that. That would come up. I think, you know, yeah, I think 50,000 people missing, at least one of them's got a friend who's like, where's Sharon? Where is she? she Sharon. 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 (laughs) It's Aussie Osborne. It's always. Okay, so when we had Foxtel growing up and we had MTV. Oh, hello, rich person. Yeah, dad got a deal. Um, (laughs) Good work. I would watch bits of the Osbournes, but. The strongest memory I have is Ozzy Osbourne struggling. He had, like, one of those, like, tablet remote things that did the blinds, the TV, everything. He's trying to turn the TV on. He's actually putting the blinds down. And he's getting so frazzled by it. And he just goes, Sharon! And that's what plays in my head. Anytime somebody mentions Ozzy Osbourne, I just see a doddery old man with a tablet. Also, the way you've just said that has just... I feel like I am Ozzy Osbourne. The other day I went to get a remote out of the drawer. I thought it was for the TV. It was for the Roomba. And I was like, why is it working? Sharon! 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 Everyone needs a Sharon. Everyone does. Everyone needs a Sharon. Wow, that's nice. That's lovely. I hope to one day be someone's Sharon. (laughs) Sharon! Sharon! But I'm the Aussie. (laughs) I can't be somebody else's Sharon. (laughs) The Satanic Panic also extended to popular culture like Dungeons and Dragons, which I did a full episode on for Block 2019, episode 206 if you want to listen to that. I don't want to go over fully again, but uh, Dr. Gary North, a Christian economist, described it as a recruiting tool for Satan. (laughs) I can't believe it. It's so funny when you see any Dungeons and Dragons game to think that Satan would be involved and not, like, instead 
like be very suspicious about you know the the people running Cheetos or something like yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it feels like it's more like a a, a ring for soft drink and chip yeah, companies that's to, yeah. for Mountain Dew. Yeah, oh, yeah. look at what they're doing, keeping kids inside, eating snacks, yeah. pretending to be a bard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tipper Gore. Tipper. Yeah? Tipper Gore. Tipper Gore. Who was married to Al Gore. Oh. What? Tipper. The, the vice president. Uh, Tipper Gore. That's his wife. She founded the Parents Music Resource Centre, or the PMRC, an American committee formed in 1985 with a stated goal of increasing parental control over the access of children to music deemed to have violent, <laughs> drug-related, or sexual themes via labelling albums with parental advisory stickers. You know those stickers they have? Yeah. And they- She's responsible. Cool. They're fucking cool. Whenever yeah. I saw one of them, I was like, mm, it, a naughty CD for yeah. there's, lots of, there's articles about it totally backfiring. Yeah. yeah. And and, pe- and CDs selling more after yeah. the sticker went on it because kids are like, oh, naughty. I got Tenacious D's tribute as a single. I was Holy like, shit. A naughty <laughs> single for Rebecca. <laughs> and, is that, and it's like, how is that a is naughty Is it naughty because so- it has Satan? Satan. And I we said, hey. I think it had some. We are beast men. Rock! Ah, that's yeah. very spooky. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, but yeah. Meet you, angels. Because yeah. they're doing yeah. an impression of Satan, it needs one. Probably. Probably. Because in 1985, the, uh, what are they? The PMRC released a list called The Filthy 15. Oh, that's a list you want on. <laughs> I want to be number one on The Filthy of 15. Course How you do I get on there? How fucking stupid oh. are you? I know. They thought that this is a way of stopping it. A list of 15 songs they deemed the most offensive music at the time. Oh Prince, <laughs> Madonna, Gross. Cindy Lauper. Oh, my God. Oh, awful. Disgusting. We're on there with songs' lyrical content being listed as sexual. Like a virgin? I don't think it That's was quite. the opposite of sex. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> Promoting How dare you just promote never having sex? Because what it is, it was like name of song, name of artist, and reason for it, for it being on the 15. Yeah. And they were sexual right. content. But two songs were listed because their lyrics were about the occult. Oh, my God. They had English metal band Venom and their song Possessed. Oh, okay. Taken from their album Welcome to Hell. It sounds like it was about love, though, right? It's like, I'm possessed with being in love. I know the song very well. Listen to me. I, I love love being, with I got the devil in, in me and I need to kiss you with my tongue. And your permission. <laughs> that's, that's the bridge. <laughs> And it was like harmonized kissing. It was yeah, beautiful. it was actually really impressive. Yeah, I liked it. Uh, I've got a couple. I've got a couple of lyrics here. Ones you didn't quite get to. Oh, yet, okay, but, uh, yeah, Some yeah. of the lyrics include after the bridge. Yeah, after that. Um, I drink the vomit of the priests. Make love with the dying whore. <laughs> Satan as my master incarnate. Hell, praise to the unholy host. Now that's a romantic song if ever I've heard <laughs> and one. And then two minutes of. <laughs> And it's two minutes, you're listening and you go, two minutes, that's too long. It's just right. When you listen to the song, it's just right. (laughs) Uh, That was one of the songs on the 15. The other one of the Filthy filthy 15 is a Danish metal band, Merciful Fate, and their song Into the Coven. Lyrics include, come, come into my coven and become Lucifer's child. Do you know what? I don't like, there's too much come in that. (laughs) Come, come into my coven. coven. But come, yeah, nah, too much. But I want to go to one come. of their shows because the band used human bones as props on stage and blew up a nun dummy as part of the concert. I don't want to go to no, that show. I'm okay, actually. Off <laughs> you go. Blowing up I'm a nun dummy night. is pretty funny. I'm going to go to Taylor Swift instead, I reckon. Yeah, well, she blows up multiple dummies. Like <laughs> human remains everywhere. 
<laughs> the Taylor Swift concert. And one of the members of Merciful Fate, late, they later said, thank God for that list because we weren't selling that well before it. And we really, we went platinum after that. That is wild. Yeah. What were they thinking with that list? What, yeah, this but- is going to deter people. No, it's not. No, this is cool. You're just telling them what music's really rad at yeah, the moment. And then, like, rappers were like, these stickers are cool. Yeah. I mean, they they should have released the list and called it our favorite favorite fifteen <laughs> and that's family the way friendly fifteen, family yeah, 15. Or, like Tippy's tracks. Ah, oh, and then the extremely happening. nerdy Tippy Gore on the cover has given a thumbs up. <laughs> yeah. Another big fan of the Flame was police and law enforcement, which makes it sound like they're fans of flames, which makes it sound like they're fans of the devils. But I mean, they were fanning the flames. What that sounds like. Gotcha. Right. Another fan of the Flame. <laughs> Pyro. Police were given training and undertook seminars that showed them how to spot satanic crimes and how to put Satanists behind bars. Do do you have to look for, like, criminals wearing little devil ears? That's one sign. Oh, cool. But some of them are a little bit trickier. Oh, they weren't wearing devil ears? Yeah. How are you supposed to know? Yeah, then how do you know they're Satanists? Sometimes you just got to go on vibe. If you think they're Satan, they might be a Satanist. Just just arrest them. Yeah, just arrest them. Better to be safe and just arrest them. And there's a video you can watch on YouTube now called Law Enforcement Guide to Satanic Cults. And it's so ridiculous and over the top now. It's really, really funny. (laughs) There's a supposed former Satanist who takes you through a park where Satanists supposedly gather and do rituals. And he talks to the he talks to, he walks the camera around some trees with symbols and he and he sort of touches one and it's still wet. And he goes, Oh, this is a fresh symbol. But it's so obvious that the whoever's making the film has just spray painted an upside down cross like about two minutes earlier. Yeah, but they take it so seriously; it's really funny. Oh my god! And he's got a he's got a great mullet. This guy <laughs> <laughs> really funny to watch now, but back then it was deadly serious. Police officers, some of whom were extremely Christian, were gullible and believed they were on the front line defending their communities against demons god. and demonic forces. You want your police force gullible. You really want. <laughs> A bunch of gullible guys as your cops. That's yep. what I've always said. And also, when it comes to Christianity, I'm like, where's that extreme Christianity? You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like a cool s- snowboarding priest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good. Extreme. Extreme. Well, some cops proclaimed themselves as experts on Satanism and gave lectures to their fellow officers. And they also played this video like it's 100% fact, further fanning the flames of the panic. So between the police... The media and children being encouraged to make up false memories. There was a time when a lot of the American general public genuinely believed there was an underground satanic nationwide network that sacrificed thousands of people every year, holding satanic rituals and kidnapping and assaulting their children. Jeez. I mean, I, I mean I'm acting all high and mighty in this situation, but I know that there are things in the past that I've also been told by the media and gone, oh, yeah, that's definitely something as well. Yeah. You know where something will spread and you're just like, you take it as fact. Until Coney someone- 2012. Coney 2012. Oh, wow. Were we all swept up in getting yep. wristbands? Yep, sticker packs. Oh, we all needed to do something. I mean, what a strange time. Do you, yep. do you remember that they took an hour out of the day the project aired? A the project did a full Coney 2012 special. So <laughs> absolutely amazing. You know, you look yeah. back and you laugh at it. But like, you know, we all. I mean, it's, it's the same with this. But at the time, the people. I know it's so funny. But people like this, they, you get swept up in this stuff. Yeah, somewhere. absolutely. I mean, this isn't the same. But I, I was so sure because my friends told me that in. I can't believe I keep bringing up Pokemon. That in Pokemon Red, if you got to there's a truck 
if you got to it and you pressed A, then you get Mew. And I thought that was the, because so many people said it to me individually right. and it spread throughout the school. Yeah. And guess what? You get to that truck, <gasps> Mew's there. No, there's no Mew. Wow. There's no nothing. There's nothing. It's what funny. do you believe after that? Well, nothing. How I've do you get on with believed, your life? I've never believed anything ever the, since. Yeah. I've lost all hope. The big story <laughs> at my school was so a lot of people took the bus to the school and at the time it was all uh, paper tickets, Met cards, they yep. were called. Yep. And the big story was if you collected 1,000 Met cards and took them back to the people who made them, in exchange they would give you a free yearly ticket that you could use for an entire year worth like a thousand dollars that genuinely should have been a thing though because those tickets were expensive yeah and i feel like that's a nice recycling scheme you collected a thousand of them so people were trying to collect them but i don't know anyone who ever ever got it i I also think any i okay Mm. so i walked to school so Mm. i didn't if i had to catch the train (laughs) or something i crossed (laughs) 18 miles of field no i lived so close to my school it was embarrassing it was about like oh there's my house i can see it from there one time in a geography class we had to like use maps to map the route from our homes to (laughs) that's everybody else needed multiple pages of the melways and i was like i'm done i'm done they're like like solving a maze with no totally i was like there's my house there's this as the crow flies it was like 500 meters it was so (laughs) close so I walked to school. So if I ever needed to catch the train or a bus or anything, I would just like buy a two-hour ticket or whatever. But what always blew my mind was the kids whose parents bought them a yearly ticket. And I'm like, who the fuck? And I'm not somebody. I don't lose stuff. Yeah. But I was like, who the fuck isn't going to lose a yearly ticket? Hello, I caught the train every day. You to got high a school. yearly ticket. I had yearly tickets. What? Are you, what? I had half yearly tickets as well, which were safer. Those were safer options. And Still feels crazy. My family, my family should have trusted me with a yearly ticket, but because I, I went to the bus there every day, bus back every day, and, and also, I bought a daily ticket every single day rather than the yearly. Oh, that's which dumb. is a lot that's, cheaper. Yeah, but I think that my parents were like, "This kid's going to lose it." Even a monthly. Yeah, like no, go a monthly or something. It was something. a daily, every day. So I got, I think five or six hundred of the the tickets together because I was thinking, yeah, you yeah. a thousand, you get the free yearly, and then we worked out, oh, it's not real. Mm-hmm. See, I, I think I was trusted with it because I was a massive nerd. But then I was going to go, why weren't you trusted, Dave? That makes no sense. <laughs> so how do the cards not just fall apart? Because they were they like were paper. built of a better. Th- they were had they? plastic in it. Yeah. I still have them. Oh, I'd love to see your I'm a yearly creep. ticket. Do you want me? Would that be a good in the show notes to have a picture of a yeah, yearly ticket? Time. I might have half yearly ones. I don't know if I've still got a yearly one, but I definitely have half yearly. That's amazing. And I, I can't believe that. If you need any more Met cards to add to your collection to try and get try the and thousand, get the thousand. Mm. I think I do have a I pile kept them in of a pocket cards. in the front of my Billabong backpack. Yeah. Oh, beautiful sentence. So, <laughs> did your parents? Did you, they give you like cash every day? Yeah, coins every day. Wow. Because it was like I think a dollar when I first started high school was a dollar forty for a daily. I hope no offense, but your parents are stupid. Yeah, your parents are <laughs> that's dumb. A, that's a waste of money. And then they had to always be on top of having that cash oh. around. And I know it was a different time where we did sort of have more cash. Yeah. Yep. But I have to go to the bank to get coins now to mm. um for my yeah. laundry. And honestly, there's only a couple of branches that still carry cash now. I know, but this year seven was twenty years ago. Fuck Jess. off! Fuck off, <laughs> Don't David! You dare. Fuck you! Shut no, fuck your no, stupid no. little mouth! <laughs> fuck you! No. How fucking dare you? And the thing, the thing that annoyed me the most was there was one bus driver because it'd be a different one every day. One bus driver, you get on, and you know, I'd say, "Hi, can I have a daily ticket, please?" And he'd say, "Oh, full fare, is it?" And I'd be there standing in my school uniform going, no. You're you dri- look like you're in high school now. Yeah, yeah. imagine that. And then I'd have to say, oh, no, it's a student. And he'd go, oh, okay, well, you have to say that. 
Every oh, time. shut and up. And we do this little dance because I wasn't giving him the satisfaction. I genuinely think that he was he was messing with you. He was, nah, he, I think he, he, I think it was just annoyed him. You're one of those cranky old men. Yeah, he yeah, would do yeah, it to yeah. every single kid and you'd go, dude, there's, you know, 40 people in this bus, 39 of them are going to high school Yeah, now. shut up. And there's one, one lady being driven up to the shop. So, <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> just shut up and get and, the, and that poor lady, I pray for her because that would have been horrific. Horrendous. Oh. It would have smelt so oh, bad. God. Oh, God. How did we get onto this? I'm so sorry. But also, fuck you about the 20-year thing. <laughs> 20 Last years. night, I was going to sleep and I was like, oh, it's 10 years since I finished high school. Oh. And I was like, 15. It's 15, <laughs> Jess. It's 15. <gasps> but you can round it down. Am I? Are we mid-30s yet? <sighs> are we still early? Is this our last I, year of early 30s? I'm so, I'm, I don't know what any you're talking about. I'm 13 years old. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still catch the bus. You still use a yearly. I've never driven. What's wine? <laughs> What's wine? <laughs> What's wine? That's a good question. I'm going to answer my own question. We're in our last year of early 30s. Okay. 34 so, is mid. I, I, I'm happy to take that. Agree with that? Okay. Please please proceed. The, the, the name of the podcast, please proceed. <laughs> <laughs> so, I've talked about how it all happened. How did it all unwind? Well, the National Center on Child Abuse and Neglect conducted a study led by the University of California psychologist Gail Goodman, which found that among... 12,000 accusations of ritual or religious linked abuse. There was no evidence for a well-organized intergenerational satanic cult who sexually molested and tortured children. How many accusations? 12,000? 12, None of them true. No. Of the 12,000 reports, investigators have not been able to substantiate a single case. That is so embarrassing and annoying. Oh, there's and been I've- like every now and then there's like one or two isolated cases where someone is a Satanist mm. and that they are an, an abuser. But, mm. but no big cabal of people all connected yeah, yeah. or like doing it on a mass scale. It's just an isolated one person who, you know, is a child abuser yeah. and they also happen to have... Some satanic stuff in there. Yeah, you, do, right. you do see a lot of, I feel like conspiracy theorists just like to see patterns yes. that make sense of the world, right? They go like, there's a pattern. It makes me feel like I'm I'm in a bit more control than I am yep. of the bad things that do randomly happen that are bad. Yeah, that is, I also feel like the journalists who spread all this should feel really terrible. Yeah. So, like, I feel like probably a lot of them are still working. Yeah. Yeah, awful. Hmm. In 1992, FBI agent Kenneth Lanning released an exhaustive report on the presence of satanic ritual abuse in the United States. He found that there was no evidence of any occult sacrifices ever happening in the US, despite the extremely widespread belief in such activities. He concluded, hundreds of communities all over America are run by mayors, police departments, and community leaders who are practicing Satanists and who regularly murder and eat people? Not likely. However, he explained the appeal of that satanic conspiracy was easy to understand. He said, first, it's a simple explanation for a complex problem. If we do Mm. not understand something, as you're saying, Beck, (gasps) we make it the work of some supernatural force. Mm. Reports like this led to a shift in media coverage and how society viewed the panic. People started being like, oh, it's not real, and then started being like, you know, what were we thinking kind of thing. Mm. In 1995, Geraldo Rivera, who did that two-hour-long special, yep. issued an apology. Oh, good. He well, said, something. I want to announce publicly that as a firm believer of the Believe the Children movement of the 1980s that started with the McMartin trials in California, I am now convinced that I was terribly wrong and many innocent people were convicted and went to prison as a result. Wow. Okay. I, that's something. I feel like also you do sometimes forget that. 
journalists are people and they also get swept up in the thing exactly and they also think the thing that's not to yeah, say yeah. that they aren't com- you know complicit to some things and no, no, guilty no. of them but but it's also like yeah. i mean you know therapists have a terrible time with their mental health sometimes yeah absolutely you, you're still people yeah you're still people yeah and you have your own implicit biases that you of can't course. escape everyone wants everything to be very objective but especially when it comes to something like this that is so emotive yeah it's so easy to also want to protect people. I understand yeah. people would come from a place of wanting to do that, but oh man, yeah. the the amount of harm this caused is just it's so much. Yeah. Mm. And throughout the nineties and early two thousands, other things from popular culture were linked to Satanism, but in a less widespread alarmist way, like the video game Doom. Ah, uh, Mus- so spooky. Musician Marilyn Manson. Oh yep. No, that oh, well, he is spooky in a real way. <laughs> He's not good. And even Pokemon, which was accused of open <gasps> opening up players to the demonic realm. I mean, uh, that's I do go there <laughs> when I when I crank up that theme song. <laughs> That and truck you were talking out. about? That truck? That's, the, that's Satan's basement. I'm just... <laughs> that music, Pallet Town music. <laughs> so good. So I've... I see Satan. Yeah, Satan. Satan. That's the music of Satan. And now it's easy to look back and think, what the hell were they thinking? But if we think that we're fully past this sort of stuff, well, Asha Romano... Again, for Vox in 2021, wrote, Perhaps the most common misunderstanding about the satanic panic, the societal fear of the occult that troubled the US and other parts of the world throughout the 80s and early 90s, is that it ever ended. Because these sorts of whack conspiracy ideas are alive and well, albeit in slightly other forms like Pizzagate and QAnon. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Speaking of, very quickly, to talk about those, in March 2016, the personal email account of John Podesta, who was Hillary Clinton's campaign chair, was hacked. WikiLeaks published his emails in November 2016, and proponents of the Pizzagate conspiracy theory falsely claimed the emails contained coded messages that connected several high-ranking Democratic Party officials and U.S. restaurants with an alleged human trafficking and child sex ring. One of the establishments allegedly involved was the Comet Ping Pong Pizzeria in Washington, D.C. And, uh, yeah, people were thinking that that was involved, that they had some sort of basement where they were doing horrific stuff, and then they were like... This place has no basement. <laughs> yeah, it was terrible. And For a I'm, pizza shop. I'm pretty sure people were really, like, some people were hurt. I, can't I think maybe exactly. someone pulled a gun or something yeah, in the yeah. pizza shop. Yeah. Mm. Uh, then came QAnon, which the Anti-Defamation League describes as us. And we could do a whole report on QAnon because oh. it's ongoing and absolutely wild. But QAnon is a decentralized far-right political movement rooted in a baseless conspiracy theory that former President Donald Trump is waging a secret war against the so-called Deep State, a cabal of Satan-worshipping pedophiles who control the world and run a global child sex trafficking ring, murdering children in ritual satanic sacrifices in order to harvest a supposedly life-extending chemical from their blood known as adrenochrome. They believe only Trump can defeat the cabal. Only Trump. Only Trump. Only Trump. If I looked at anyone in the world, yeah, a a man who just realised the other week, he was like, "Mm, US, that means, you know, that's us. Do you know that's us? That's so funny that he he did that. Has anyone else ever thought of that? (laughs) Has anyone else ever realised this before? And you think he can defeat, what was this? I don't, I'm, okay. He can defeat the big boss. Only Trump can do it. <laughs> and that was in 2017. And I don't that- think there's anything, anything in the world that only Trump can do. Hang on a second. 
He might be very good at doing backflips. We don't know. I bet somebody else would be better. Oh, but we haven't seen him do it. That's true. We haven't seen him do, do backflips. Do you know what? Let's wait for evidence on his backflip. Yeah, thing. you're right. You're right. Here I am, just throwing out baseless claims. <laughs> yeah, wait for the evidence. Yeah. yeah, so that's the modern world. And so people still believe weird, wild shit. Wow. It's almost as if uh, that bad things happen and then people get scared and they want to find reason in it and then they themselves uh, put the devil in the world yeah. by being kind of terrible. Yeah. Like it, it is interesting that the Satanists, I mean, from the beginning it sounds like we were talking about that guy so long ago who just had snakes and a cape. And said yeah, everyone was, should enjoy. Wasn't things. really harming anyone. No, from what I found. no, it doesn't sound like it. And and then you've gone to this where you have leagues of people just causing witch hunts against people and destroying and pizza lives. Shops. And I feel like that that's the devil right there. If you you know not a, in a, in mm. energy sense, in vibe sense, they're, they're themselves being the Satan they want yes. to see in the world. Holy shit. Beck, that's deep stuff. That's good. Thank you. Deep state I'm stuff. I'm going to put it on a pillow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Be the Satan you want to see in the world. I agree. And they just have some truly insane stuff. Like they um, they think uh, they believe in a thing called dog code, which is uh, tweets from various celebrities and politicians about the deaths of their dogs are secret messages about members of the deep state being arrested or executed. I thought it was that dog on TikTok that presses the buttons. <laughs> bunny, bunny, hungry, hungry. Feed now. That that actually. Where, Dad? That is also a conspiracy thing. <laughs> yeah. And if you buy buttons for your dog, it's not. It's not, unless it's out. What next to the door? That makes sense. Yeah. Because my dog scratches on the door. That means out. Yeah. Right. Yes, yeah. that's out. We've out. got that button at our house too. Understandable. That was fine. I've got the button. <laughs> the dog does not like the button. <laughs> no. He doesn't like the sound it makes. It scares him. <laughs> It has like a, a doorbell kind of sound. It's really loud. He does not like it. I changed it to my voice going outside. He he does not it like the button. Like, I put the button down on the ground. He's like, oh, I'm scared of the door now. Yeah. Anyway, my dog's an idiot. Our dog paws at the door to be let out. And um, there's a dog door that he's never used that we <laughs> <laughs> installed at great expense. Okay, your dog's an idiot. And I, you know what? All this evidence, I don't think dogs can talk. <laughs> yeah. No. From the sounds of it, maybe the, if they haven't worked out dog doors yet, which are dog, they're doors for dogs. Door for dog. Door yeah. for dog. You are dog. That you is door dog doors for dog. dog door. He scratches at the door and we're like, if only there was some sort of dog door you could use. <laughs> well, I guess I'll open up this sliding door for you. <laughs> oh, well, that is my report on the satanic panic. Wow. A I wild knew- time not that long ago. I knew nothing of that. That was absolutely wild and horrific and yeah. fascinating. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things, fascinating. Not our funniest of topics. No. But- and so thanks, Beck, for coming in. Yeah, they bring in a bit of light. Yeah. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. It's, I mean, that's all very sad. Mm. And, and it's- and it is sad when you look at something like this and just see history repeating in different totally, ways. Totally, yep. That's the other part. The, the thing you would hope is that we would learn from it, but it doesn't feel like we often do. No, nah, we never learn. Something a little bit lighter. Is, so, is that why they call that hair dye manic panic? Probably not. <laughs> Probably just because I'm going to say yes. What is manic? What colour is a manic panic? A range of different colours. Mm. Oh, I was going to okay. say at the start when you said sata- sa- uh, satanic panic, I was going to go, oh, Manic. I love that hair dye. And then I'm happy I didn't because it was a very serious topic. <laughs> and I, we didn't get it anyway. You so can't, that's a, it's a no. brand. Dave a doesn't brand. buy his hair. It doesn't buy his hair. <laughs> he doesn't buy his Dave hair. Dave doesn't buy his hair. You can't buy no, that colour. You can't buy that colour. That's Dave's, it's... Dave's own beautiful brand. You can't Thank buy you. perfection. Exactly. 
People have tried. They have tried. Sure. Well, thank you for letting me be part of the filthy three on this beautiful day. <laughs> thank you so much. That makes so me much. want us even more. <laughs> Ooh, sexy. The second most requested topic. There it is. Yeah. Mm, Beck, we appreciate you coming on. If people want to find you online, see you, hear you, follow you, what, what, where, where should we go? I am spreading the word of Satan. <laughs> yeah. Nice. At, um, but the good word. The like good the, word. The good stuff. Yeah, huh? the one where it's just like enjoy yourself. Exactly. None of the underground tunnel no, stuff. No, 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 none no of that. No hot air balloons. No, Wait a second, wait a second. Let's not rule out hot air balloons. Um, I'm on uh, Beckness everywhere, especially Twitch where I stream a lot, um, mostly doing very silly things. The other day I um, uh, put lipstick on a jack-o'-lantern and I did feel like I was having a breakdown. But that was, was the one that made you feel like you're having a breakdown. Yeah, that was the one. I was not like, buying an inflatable pool and setting it up in your grandma's backyard. <laughs> and going around in circles on a in a on a boat, boat on a pool. No, yeah. no, I felt fine. <laughs> it was just I couldn't work out whether a jack o' lantern should have a cupid's bow for lipstick. Ah, uh, yeah, that was tough. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, come watch me do uh, weird shit on Twitch. <laughs> Love it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching. <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalised results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI, Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. <laughs> And edit it. <laughs> hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music or ebooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. <laughs> <laughs> and you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Well, that brings us to everyone's favourite section of the show where we get to spend a little bit of time just... Oh, Lapping up. Oh, basking. Basking in the sunshine and beautiful warm glow of our wonderful Patreon supporters. Um, so we have a few sections here and the first thing we like to do is a little section uh, called the Fact, Quote or Question. It has a little jingle that goes something like this. Fact, quote or question. Um, I always remember the sing. He always remembers the ding. And this is for people on the um, Sydney Scheinberg Deluxe Memorial Package. Yes, we got well, we got loads of we got loads of levels, don't we? And when you can get us personally as people, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, no, I'm very um, I'm very shallow. You're a basic bitch. Yes, absolutely. As uh, 
shallow as they come. But if you want to join... <laughs> You're a, a puddle yeah. and I'm an ocean. <laughs> I'm a bit of piss that's dried. <laughs> Matt's a pond, I'm an ocean. Okay, now you well, know the hierarchy. Levels, but the Patreon levels, you can sign up. We've got about four different levels and at different levels you get different things like we give you a shout out. Yep. You can vote for topics. You get pre-sale tickets and discount tickets to all the live shows. Three bonus episodes a month mm-hmm. when when very close to our, our goal of um, a fourth bonus episode, which is basically one every week, and that will be a Dungeons & Dragons campaign. And there's 190 episodes plus in the back catalogue that you unlock instantly as soon as you join at that level, plus the fact quota question, Jess. Yeah, so um, this, yeah, for the Sydney Schreiberg Deluxe package, you get to give yourself a, uh, a title. You get to ask a question, uh, give us a fact, a quote, a suggestion, a brag. It can be anything you want it to be. Exactly. So I'm getting really emotional yeah. thinking, about <laughs> thinking about all the, the different levels, <laughs> all the different facts. I'm thinking about time. you being a puddle of piss. <laughs> but it's mostly dry. I'm mostly dry, but still there's a little bit of a stain. <laughs> Should I read the fact quote or questions this, this week? <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, yeah, please. That would be great. What's that supposed to be? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Okay. Don't know if you're up to it, mate. I don't know either. Yeah, we're about to find out. So, basically, Matt usually does this section. Yeah. And he always says he doesn't read until he reads it. And we haven't we haven't read ahead either. God, no. I would never. So, our first factual question comes from William Hofstadter. And William's given themselves the title. Ah! <laughs> Which is good. Good delivery. Thank you. And uh, William's asking a question. And the question is, what is your favourite time of year? Ooh. For example, season or month. And where would it be the best place to enjoy it? My favourite is spring when it first starts getting warm again and the plants are all fresh, green and blooming. This is particularly stark during the first sunny days after a long winter of Chicago. Love that you've answered your own question. We love when people do that. Great one, William. Um, uh, favourite time of year? Oh, I think for me it would be uh, in Melbourne, January yeah. When there's less stuff going on because people aren't working and, you know, I live not that far from the ocean and I love walking down there and being able to have a small paddle on maybe New Year's Day or January yeah. the 2nd if the sun is out, have no real responsibilities and everyone's sort of got this carefree attitude. Yeah, the vibe is good around, yeah. Yeah, so I love it for that reason. And also the, the first couple of weeks of the Melbourne Comedy Festival before, which yes. is often before the weather sort of turns completely towards cold, know, cold, like because we're on the way to winter by the time it gets to, to yeah. late April. But that first week of Comedy Festival, which is late March, you can have, and before the clocks change, yeah. it you can have some warm nights where people are out and about doing stuff. That's and nice. That's just also, another great vibe in the in the atmosphere. Yeah, absolutely. I. Would love to have something different to say, but I'm fully with you. Because, like, spring and autumn are really nice seasons, particularly in Melbourne. Autumn was lovely this year in that we had, like, really – it'd be sort of cool, crisp mornings, but then the sun would come out in the afternoon and it was just beautiful. It wasn't particularly cold, but I'm, like, busy and I'm working hard and I don't really get to enjoy the weather. Summer can be too hot at times, but yes, definitely. You're right, the vibe is different. I like being a bit more carefree. I'm on summer holidays. Um we take, you know, we take a little time off work and you can go to the beach. You can go enjoy the sunshine or just chill out at home where it's nice and cool or go like swim in a pool or something. Yeah. And the the energy is different. You're right. Melbourne in January, first couple of weeks of January when most people have like 
not everybody, of course, but like a lot of people take some time off. Yeah, I think business is closed. There's enough that it changes the vibe. Yeah, isn't it? yeah. The roads are a bit quieter. Yeah, beaches are busier. Yeah, you get I don't know fish and chips on the beach on like, you know seven thirty, and it's still t-shirt weather. Yeah, I love that. And it's still daylight for hours, and yeah. it's, it rules. And I love late daylight. If I if me I, too. If I could have it go to be dark at nine p.m. every night, I would. Me too. I like it. It makes me feel like I can do more in the day. Yeah, because I'm not a morning person, so I'm never getting those first couple of hours anyway. Nah. And then by the time we both finish work, it's nice uh, actually when the when it's light later, we tend to do more like evening walks with the dog and take him to the park and stuff. Yeah, and I it's love just that. nice little family time. Just cute and wholesome. Yeah. Um, thank you, William. I didn't expect such a beautiful question to mm. really set us off on Nice little tangent there. That was wholesome. I loved it. Um, our next fact word question comes from Madeline Murray Baker. Oh, MMB. Everything about that works. Unless you're a Madeline. Madeline Murray Baker. Still good. I'm yep. just saying I wanted to make sure because I know like. <laughs> you weren't like, and then if it is Madeline, it terrible. It sucks. No, I just, you know, if you're a Madeline or a Madeline, you get annoyed when people say your name the other course, way. So absolutely. I just wanted to cover all bases there. Good one. And uh, Madeline Madeline has given themselves the title of Vice Chairman of Chairs for Men, <laughs> a charitable organization. That's, That's good. good. Stuff. Vice Chairman of Chairs for Men. Love that. Madeline's also got a question. Uh, and Madeline asks, hang on, let me scooch on over so I can see it a bit better. Uh, with Krishmish fast approaching, I'd love to know what's the weirdest gift you've ever received? Madeline's asked, answered the own question as okay. well. Do you want to hear? Yes, please. One year I got a bent picture frame and a, a, and a votive candle holder from my sister-in-law. The candle holder was pretty, but I had just seen it in their bathroom a week before. And here I was, being good all year for this, never again. <laughs> as in, do you they think re-gifted that, it. That you've been gifted that one or they've gone, this is so nice. We'll, we'll get- find where it's, you know, where it's from if it was a gift for us or we'll remember where it's from. Buy it for you. I reckon it's a re-gift. Oh Bent God. picture frame and a re-gift candle. That's Candle holder. That's not even a candle. i tell you, that's not that great. <laughs> that's not that good. I can't think of weird gifts. What about you guys do, your family? Oh, family, my God. Do yes. some fun. Uh, every year there's a bit of a challenge. Yes. Yeah. Um, particularly well, my brother and sister-in-law uh, live interstate now, so they can't always make it back for Christmas but but because the, they're the best at it and they bring the, the necessary energy. Um, you need kids to outnumber parents, I think, um, for it to work. Because my dad, as much as we love him, no whimsy. <laughs> Not a whimsical person. Uh-huh. And this is a game that relies on whimsy. Yes. And so essentially it, the challenges differed every year. Um, but usually it's some sort of like you, you have like an overall limit you have to spend. So like you got to buy five presents, but you can only spend a total of 50 bucks. So you got to find something for $10. Some years we've had it that you have to get everything in one go at one shop. So you can't, you're not shopping around. You just go to one place, buy something for everybody. Other times it's been everybody gets the exact same thing. So, That's fun. So that year I gave everybody notebooks that I had <laughs> monogrammed. Um, it was from like typo and you could monogram it for free, but it might, they would all say variations of, like, Jess is the best. <laughs> Somebody got Jess best. Aiden got JP queen. Um, they were all just about how great I am. And that year Aiden gave everybody a mug with his face on it. And this was, like, maybe his first or second year participating in the, Good work, Aiden. In the game, and he's given everybody. But if you think about it, it's three couples essentially. So two households have two, two mugs. Aiden mugs. 
with Aiden's face. And it's not a good picture either. It's have, like, you, have you ever been to either household and seen them like- I have not seen the mug again. Never been used? I don't know where the mugs are. I'm going to I'm gonna check with mum if she still have those, has still those mugs it. somewhere. Just, oh, we didn't think he was going to stick around. <laughs> we threw them out the very next day. <laughs> That's great. What about you? Any weird oh, gifts? Oh, I don't want to disappoint, but I can't think of any fun, weird gifts. Yeah, it's tough, isn't it? You don't get as many gifts as an adult. Or it tends to be people go, tell me what you want. They get you something practical. Get a lot of vouchers, which I don't mind. Yeah. My dad often gets like um, sort of those light up Christmas toys. Oh, yeah. That you like press a button and it like, you know. Yeah. Like wrapping Santa Claus. I remember that. Yeah, it was um, classic. Ho, ho, my name is Santa Claus. This is my flow. Stuff like that. And then it wow. was like. And then it did uh, uh, the Christmas version of Getting Jiggy With It. The Will Smith track. Oh boy, it's uh, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, that oh, rules. Once there was a farting reindeer. Classic. Yeah, so th- that's the, that's the level. I'm that's sort about. of fun stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I quite like just making um, the Christmas presents something a bit fun or a bit silly, but then it feels a bit wasteful. Yeah, yeah. There's a fine line, isn't it? Like, because a notebook sounds good because that that's funny with your stuff on it, but that's pretty useful. Yeah, Aiden uses it. But one year, my brother gave us all um, inflatable dinosaur costumes. <laughs> so you had to like it was it was the type of one where it looked like you were a little jockey riding a dinosaur. Oh, that's. Did you all put them on and take a photo? Hundred percent, we did. Yeah, so that's fun. That's fun. You can't take that memory away. And he included batteries, so we could all get straight into our dinosaur costumes. So that was really thoughtful. My brother is the best at it. Can I ask what the batteries do? Uh, it had a little fan that kept oh, it sort God. of inflated. Because oh, okay. <laughs> oh, it's open, so it had to have a little fan in it. Yep. Yeah, my brother wins every year. He's a freak at it. Has the theme been set this year? Uh, no, well, because the last couple of years they haven't been able to get back to Victoria for Christmas. So, we so if they're not involved, what do you and Aiden and your parents do? Is it we like still, a free-for-all? Actually, we still did it last year, but we increased the price a little bit because you are, we weren't buying for... Five people, you're only buying for three. Yeah, okay, yep. Um, and so my mum got me a um, a, f- a porcelain, like, paint-your-own kit for kids of the characters from Frozen, which was fun. And without discussing it, Aiden had given me Frozen 2 on DVD. <laughs> and, and I... <laughs> I don't know why. Do you love Frozen? No. Nah. I've never heard you talk about Frozen <laughs> in your life. As it turns out, Aiden had given me that because he he for ages wouldn't watch the movie Frozen. Okay. And eventually my friend and I bullied him into it and he was like, oh, yeah, it's pretty funny. So I said, now we can watch Frozen 2. He said, I will never watch Frozen 2. So he gave me the DVD <laughs> as like a peace offering of I will watch Frozen 2. But my mum had heard me talking about my friend and I wanting to watch the Enchanted sequel. <laughs> And then the next day she saw this Frozen toy and was like, oh, that's the movie Jess likes. And I'm like, nah. <laughs> that is classic, that's the wrong one. That's so good. Because when you're a teenager, you'd be so annoyed at that. Mom, it's the wrong one. But I was like, hell yeah. yeah. When you're 30, it's like, this is hilarious. It's so good. That's so funny. I got the Auntie Donna um, Christmas book. There's always room for Pud. Oh, great. Yeah. And uh, and Aiden got a remote controlled dinosaur from my mum, and she was like, "Are you sure?" Because I was shopping with her, she was like, "Are you sure that he'll he won't think it's offensive and I'm giving him a toy?" I was like, "He will fucking love it," and he lost his mind. He was playing with his remote controlled dinosaur all night. We're in our thirties, anyway. So who knows what will happen this year? Who knows? Um, thank you for that. Again, another question that really set us off on a yeah, little tangent. Yeah, sorry, we loved it. We loved it. Thank you so much. Next up, we have Ben Johnson. 
Ben Johnson's given themselves a title and it's a Google Maps link. Oh, my gosh. If it's where we are right now, I'd be really freaked out. That'd be really spooky. No, it is for Ben Johnson Primary School. (laughs) (laughs) Where's that? Uh, Harford Street in London. Ben Johnson, you got your own primary school you then, You got your mate. own primary school. Congratulations. Good work. Oh, it's, I've just looked it up. It's got, it's got a 4.5 rating on Google. Wow. Not, not bad at not all. Not bloody bad. Um, one of the second reviews, loads of people should go to this fabulous school. Oh, that's great. How many stars do you reckon this one is? My sister used to go to this primary school. It's amazing. Four stars. <laughs> wow. For amazing. Yeah. It's always room for improvement. Uh, ben has given us a fact. And, oh, it's a long one. Let's see how we go. Did you know Stephen Hawking wrote five children's books? Here we go. Yes. In addition to his many books for adults, Hawking wrote several children's books in collaboration with his daughter Lucy that combine science and adventure. These books all focus on a young boy named George who learns while travelling around the universe. The first book, George's Secret Key to the Universe, explains scientific concepts like black holes in kids' terms and was so well received they followed it up with four sequels. I actually think I need that. Yeah, that, that I, sounds Sometimes like- I need things really dumbed down for yeah, me. Yeah, really spell it out, Stephen. <laughs> in the most recent one, George and the Blue Moon, he enters a Mars training program, according to Hawking's own description, George is fighting for survival in what feels like the Hunger Games set on the red carp on the red planet. Red carpet. On the red carpet. Can't help I'm so sorry. You're so glamorous you can't you see red carpets everywhere. I see red carpets. It's just I see red, I think carpet. Um this one comes with a little note um asking Matt to read this in a snarky but also jokey tone. So I'm gonna try and nail that. Okay. Hey Dave, yes? is one of these good enough for your little book podcast? <laughs> Well, it sounds like you've given it a great summary already, Ben. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Keep up the good work and happy block. P.S. Dave, sorry for the little book podcast bit. Just a joke <laughs> and I have huge respect for you and book cheat. Please feel no real pressure to read anything. Thank anything you. ever, Dave. Well, I've given up reading because of you, Ben. <laughs> so I hope you're happy. No, I appreciate that. Thank you. I had no idea that he'd written children's books. The I man, love that. The man did it all. God, so busy. Really fit a lot in. Have we done a Stephen Hawking? We haven't done a report on Haven't we? Be a great person to I, report on. I would have probably said yes. It feels like a, a life that we would definitely do a report yeah. on. There's a few really big people from the 20th century that we haven't done a report on. Yeah. I'm we'll, like, we'll get there. We've never done Nelson Mandela for, wow. for crying Yeah, okay. Martin Luther King Jr.? Haven't, haven't done it. <laughs> Senior? Still haven't done them. Wow. Uh, and finally, God, we have we have really rambled with this on apologies. Roy Phillips, who's given themselves the title Seashell Seashore Seller. Well done. This is going to hurt. Roy's given us a fact, uh, and the fact is this tongue twister is possibly inspired by a woman named Mary Anning who spent her time gathering seashells from beaches to sell to tourists. Oh, yes. Oh, good. I thought this was going to be a really hard uh, tongue twister, but it's just the backstory on she sells seashells. Oh, right. Maybe that's why I've heard of her. Yes. In 1811, her brother found a skull in a seaside cliff and ran to tell her. Fascinated, Mary Anning dug until she uncovered the fossilized skeleton of an animal she initially believed to be a giant crocodile. This crocodile was later revealed to be the aquatic species of dinosaur. Oh, I don't know what that is. Oh, sorry. Do you want me to look at it? Ichthyosaurus. I think I nailed it. Sounds good. Mary went on to hunt for more fossils and later discovered skeletons for Plesiosaurus. For Plesiosaurus, Loch Ness Monster. 
pterodactyl and others. Today, modern scientists credit Mary Anning with the foundation of modern paleontology. There you go. And we have this silly little tongue twister about her getting seashells. Wow. Way to really downplay a woman's achievement. (laughs) Yeah, she does a lot more than sell seashells by the seashore. She discovers paleontology. Yeah. Okay, she rules. By the seashore. By the seashore. How dare you? Um, That's really cool. Thank you, Roy. I I loved that so much. So we, we haven't done we haven't done Mary Anning either. No, put it in the list. Thank you to Roy, Ben, Madeline, or Madeline, and William. And now, Dave, the next thing we love to do. Ah, uh, yes, <laughs> we love to shout out a few more of our favourite Patreon supporters. Um, basically, we usually come up with a game to thank them. Yeah, um, maybe we could. I mean, usually you come up with the game. No, Sorry but I'd love that. a suggestion because this was a pretty grim topic. Satanic panic. Maybe we could talk about what they're panicked by. Oh, love that. And then, you know, make it a bit more fun. Yeah, cool. Than like uh, the satanic cabal. Yeah, great. Love that. Um, fun to panic over small, trivial things. Yeah, that's right. But and be- not huge, and not big, ruin scary stuff with massive uh, consequences. Exactly, ruin people's lives forever. Uh, do you want me to kick off this one? Yeah, week? go on. I would love to thank, first of all, from Franklin... Indiana. Beautiful place. I would like to thank Eric Lovins. Supermarkets. Just gets really flustered, panicked. Oh, my God, there's too many aisles. It's not at all based on the person I live with. Um, (laughs) Just getting really flustered in the supermarket. Oh, my God. Do I want a a truss or a Roma tomato? Oh, Oh my God, they look similar, but I don't know. Price is comparable. Oh, but this one, I'm paying for stem. (laughs) Eric. It's we get it, brother. Fun. We get it. It's going to be fun. Do you want to go one for one? Okay, one for one. I would love to thank Marley from Mano. Medford, Massachusetts. Medford. Kirsten Brown. Kirsten Brown, panicked by tennis. Oh, yes, very stressful sport. The tennis panic. Yep, as in watching it, playing it. Um, both. Uh, yeah, both. Just a real freak that doesn't really understand the rules. You yep. know, there's the the doubles lines going down. It's like, oh, yeah. why is that considered out? It's still on the court. There's a line there. Yeah, panicking. Uh, the umpire seems to be scoring in French. There's a fifteen, <laughs> then a thirty, then a forty. What is going what on? What is happening? What are the What are these points worth? Some of these players are grunting after they've hit the ball. How could yep. that possibly help you yep. hit any harder? Very overwhelming. Like that ball, kids falling over. Yeah. We understand, Kirsten. The crowd laughing at jokes that are pretty bad, to yep. be honest. Yeah. It's all a lot. It's a lot. So we understand. The tennis panic. I would like to thank from Los Angeles, California, the city of angels, and dwelling there is Jacob Papanek. Roller coasters. Oh. And I know, you know, some people enjoy the rush. Some people find them a bit too scary or, you know, upset your stomach or whatever. But uh, for Jacob, it's just a full-on panic. At the mere sight of them, which is terrible living in LA, home of a few theme parks. <laughs> yeah, oh um, my gosh, you, you'd be terrified. He's got to really make sure he's gone on a different route to work and stuff. Yeah. Oh, there it I is. I can't. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> Splash Mountain. <laughs> 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 Get really panicked. Blah, blah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh, Jacob, real panic Jacob, about roller coasters. Just between you and us, mate. Obviously, we can't read it out because it will ruin your life, but um, your email is incredible. Oh, yeah, that's very good. Well done, sir. <laughs> we will ruin your life. Exactly. We will not dox you. Everyone we- will email you and say, great email, but we're not going to read it out. But There's everyone- another great email up next, actually, as well. Oh, I love it, Which too. I can't wait to read out in full. <laughs> no, I won't. But from Thornton, New South Wales, Justin White. Justin White. Panicked about- Oh, sorry, you're pointing to me. I thought you were, like, leaning over. Uh, panicked about <laughs> indoor plants. 
Oh, yes. Which, and obviously, we're going through a, a period where there's a lot of them. People did love you, them. Did you have indoor plants as a kid? I just thought about it. No. No. No, not at all. No. Actually, no, maybe we had one, like, in the corner of, there was like a little, um, I guess, a plant holder with one sad-looking plant in it sometimes. Yeah. But nothing like... There is now, no. Isn't that wild? But do you think it's because, um, like, we had backyards yes. <laughs> in my family now homes? people live in tiny apartments and- I don't have a backyard. I've got yeah. a pretty small balcony and the only space on that balcony is taken up by a little patch of grass for my dog to piss and shit on. <laughs> so the plants have to come inside. That's glamorous. It is glamorous. It's lovely to go out there in your morning, have a cup of coffee while the yeah. dog takes a shit. It's really <laughs> nice. Very wholesome. It's a really busy road too, oh, so, so it's very nice. loud. Perfect. But Perfect balcony. It's nice except for Justin White, who finds it very overwhelming to come inside from the balcony, be surrounded by those plants. Ah! Ah! Oh, my God. And, Justin, we keep telling, you, keep telling you, mate, get rid of the indoor plants. You don't have to have them. Yeah, but you have to pick them up. You don't have to get, touch them ah! to do that. Get somebody to help you. Wear gloves. <laughs> Wear gloves. Um, back over to you, Dave. I would like to thank from location unknown, mm-hmm. but this person doesn't need an address. I imagine <laughs> they live in a car. It's David Coupe. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine they live in a car in a cool way. In a cool, in a coupe, <laughs> in like a, like a sick car. That's one of the best names I've heard in a long time. David Coupe, it's because it rhymes with David Suchet. I was going to say it reminds you of David Suchet. That's why. Oh, um, coupe. But David Coupe is obviously finds themselves panic stricken um, by. Lip balm. Oh, no. Doesn't like the feeling. And unfortunately has quite dry lips. Oh, can't help themselves. Drinking a ton of water, trying to hydrate from within. Mm. But unfortunately, it's gotten to a point where it, you are going to need some sort of ointment help. Oh, no. You're going to have to hydrate from- You're going to need a balm. From outside. You're going to need some outdoor help. <laughs> you need a humectant. What's that? I don't know. Something that hydrates or like it's, it absorbs water. Well absorbs done. moisture. Um, on your David Coupe. On your David Coupe. <laughs> I love it. I would also like to thank from Surbiton in probably Surrey in Great Britain. Sorry. Samantha Fletcher. Samantha Fletcher. Samantha Fletcher is afraid of joysticks. Oh, shit. Which yeah. in the 90s was a nightmare. Do you feel like you saw more joysticks in the 90s? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's creepy because I was a child. Um, Based on the joke I was trying to yeah, make. Yeah, no, but it's a funny joke if you don't think about it like that. <laughs> I feel like you used to like go to people's houses maybe and they're like, you know, if they're <clears throat> especially there's a couple of friends whose dads were like computer people and you go around and they had like games with joysticks and Did stuff. Did we have the same family friends? Yeah, you, you know what I'm talking about? You know, yes. They have like, like flight simulators or helicopter simulators yes. or something. And there's always joysticks. I haven't seen a joystick in, what, 20 years? No, but I would go over to Pat Yee's house. <laughs> And there were joysticks everywhere. They, that was my favourite family friend to visit because they had all the... Well, obviously... They had I, all the joysticks. Well, they had a lot of video games. and I didn't have any video game consoles, so I got to play PlayStation. And But also because I got along really well with the kids. And Pat Yee. Pat Yee. Do you mind if I Pat Yee? <laughs> just, no worries. <laughs> yeah, so I just scruffle my hair. No worries. <laughs> Pat Yee, it's so good. He used to make us... Um, every time I stayed over there, he'd make uh, pancakes in the morning, often oh. chocolate chip, and oh. he would he would make them in like the letters of our first names. So I'd always get a J pancake. That's great. Loved the Yee household. Shout out to the Yees. I love oh, you. Big Yee love. Um, is it you or me? 
What are we up to? Uh, I, it's my turn. Okay, great. To read out the name and you two assign a panic. Great. I think from Jasper, Indiana. Brian Olive. Oh, it's actually, it's the cruelest irony. No, no. He says, afraid of Brian's. <laughs> no. <laughs> Are you going to do that too? <laughs> Obviously, I was going to go Olive's, but then when you started to figure out what I was going to say, then I was going to go to Brian, but then you said Brian. And then I pivoted and then you pivoted back to Olive and it was funny. <laughs> Brian. Oh, no, Brian. Oh, Brian. Oh, Queen, Brian, mate. Oh, no. And every time he's at the doctor's office, someone's like, Brian. Oh, oh that's me. You've really got to change your name, mate. Yeah, it's, I don't see it getting any better anytime soon. <laughs> I think change your name to something you feel more comfortable with and seek out some therapy, I reckon, on that one. Bit, bit full on. I've got to put both Brian Olive and David Coupe on a list of, like, characters' names. So good. They're so good. But, but if you wrote a, a play... And the character's name was Brian Olive. People would be like, this what? is crazy. Well, someone said, I'm David Coupe. Incredible. You'd be like, come on, man. <laughs> David Coupe. <laughs> that couldn't possibly be a real name. And these are real names of real people who love us. Remember a couple of episodes ago where I wanted to rebrand as David Zest? <laughs> yes. Yes. That's good stuff. It has not caught on. <laughs> it has not. But I could be David Coupe. You could be David Coupe. I believe that more than Zest, I think. <laughs> Okay, a couple more. I would love to thank from deep within... Is it me? Yeah, go for it. Deep within the Fortress of the Moles. um, Location unknown. SJ. SJ. Ooh. Okay, SJ is having a panic about seashells. Oh, no. Where have they been found? Um, On the seashore? Yes. (laughs) That's where I got that. I was thinking, where did that come from? Yeah, that's where it is. Um, Yeah, so SJ avoids the beach. Which is fine because they're in the fortress of the Moles. They're a long way from the surface. Long way. You're not going to find many shells down there, mate. No. So that's probably good, actually, then, isn't it? Yeah. Sort of like, oh, I'm really, really scared of Zeepzorps. (laughs) <laughs> it's like, well, they're not on this planet. So I don't know. <laughs> it's a sea salt. It's a sea salt. It's on a different planet. Uh, do you know one of my <laughs> pleasures in life? And I don't know if this is actually a bad thing to do. I like walking on the beach and crushing up shells. You're a psycho. Is that bad? Yeah. I don't think anything's living in them. How do you know? Because they're like just washed up on the beach. And now they can't live in them. But they're gonna, that's how sand is made anyway. Oh, you're an absolute dog. Oh, you don't I- need to help sand. Are you wearing shoes or are you barefoot? No, shoes, so it goes crunch, crunch, And so you're crunch, wearing crunch, shoes crunch. on the beach. That's a problem too for me. Oh, really? Even what about when it's, like, cold, like I go for a winter walk? You're not going to go barefoot then. No, but you got to like, – and you obviously go down to, like, the hard sand right on the – Yeah, yeah, where it's crunchiest. <laughs> I just love going crunch, 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 And you also like crushing snails. No, see, but I feel bad because something's living in there. But is something living in the shell? Sometimes. You don't know. You're not checking every time. <sighs> Okay, I'll stop doing it, but it's so fun. And never tell me about your pleasures ever again. I love crunching leaves. I will crush them for you. I love crunch. Oh, please, can you crush some leaves? <laughs> I love crunching leaves as well during autumn. Yeah, that's nice. Crunch, crunch, crunch. Okay, anyway, I'd like to thank finally from- <laughs> Crunch, crunch, crunch. From Salinas in California, it's Anthony or Anthony. That's an Anthony. It's got the H in there, babe. That's an Anthony. That doesn't always make- I mean, it's Anthony. What about Mark Anthony? How do you spell that? I don't think that's with the H. Fuck, don't let it be with the H, please. It's without the H. There you go. That's Anthony. But I think so, don't some people with the H pronounce it Anthony. I reckon this is Anthony. <laughs> okay. <laughs> According to uglish.com. You've got to be right, don't you? Which is... Okay. It sounds I've, like it's uglish.com. I've Googled Anthony pronounced. 
And Uglish says, has listed 6,822 pronunciations of Anthony or Anthony in American English. 6,000. That's too many. That can't possibly be right. How could that be right? Even if you're putting a different emphasis on each letter, it's still, there's not that many options. No. Incredible. Anyway, so we think you're Anthony. We think you're great. You're from Salinas. And you're panicked by buttons. That's a nightmare. Yeah. Because they're everywhere. They are everywhere. On shirts. Yeah, you can Elevators. You couldn't really wear shirts. Yeah. (gasps) Elevator buttons. Computers. Now, these days, if you get a new car, the push start. Yeah. Matt had to drive my car recently. Took him 10 minutes to figure out how to turn it on. (laughs) (laughs) Was he yelling? On. (laughs) On. But then he was like, maybe it's voice recognition. I better do Jess's voice. On. On. Um, Anthony, afraid of buttons. Not afraid, but panicked by. So living in a constant state of fight or flight, basically. Ha- still has to work, but he's in. But he's very stressed, typing away, going. Ah! Oh, this hurts! This hurts! It's not good. So big thank you to Anthony, SJ, Brian, Samantha, David, Coupe, Justin, <laughs> Jacob, Kirsten, and Eric. I don't even remember Eric we've talked for so long. Thank you so much, you absolute legends. Last thing we need to do, and there's only one person to welcome us, to welcome into the Triptych Club this week, is, uh, and the Triptych Club is for people who have supported us on the shout-out level or above for three consecutive years. You get welcomed into the club. I'm behind the bar. Um, and look, I, don't, I can't make any fun sort of puns based on Based on this week's, uh, it's a Satan drink. It's yeah, red. Yeah, something dark and it's red. Yeah, it's essentially a French martini. It's just got chambord in it or something. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, and I put little devil ears on everything, and I'm wearing a little devil costume, but a sexy one, oh, but not one. too sexy. Yeah, just the right amount. Yeah, you're not uncomfortable, but the you p- are like a wooger. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Jess is a smoking hottie, that kind of thing, <laughs> but not, like, not objectifying me. Know what I mean? Yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> Perfect. And you also. I book a band. You book a band, Dave. Every week, and you're never going to believe it. What? I can't believe that I was able to lock in this huge artist. What have you done? I've locked in the Prince of Darkness themselves. What? Ozzy Osbourne. No. And family live. It's the Osbournes. Sharon. 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 Jack. I hope, Jack, they play, I hope they play my favourite song, Sharon. Um, wow. Huge. So the Osborne's life, Kelly, she can do Papa Don't Preach. Yeah, which it took me way too long to realise was a cover. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of madge. <laughs> it's a bit of madge. Um, yeah, great. Okay, cool. I, I've always wanted to see Papa Don't Preach There live. you go. And then um, Ozzy Osbourne. Can eat a bat or something. I said that he was on... Um, <laughs> The Rivera show when he's like, I, I never wanted to freak people out. It's like, you you bit the head off a bat, Yeah, man. that was psycho. <laughs> that was a disgusting thing to do. Um, even if you thought it was fake but thought people in the audience might think it's real, it's a full-on thing to do. Yeah. Anyway, um, so we have one person to uh, to welcome in. Dave, you, uh, you hype them up. I hype you up. Are you like, ready? This is a done deal. It's one person. She can't be that hard. One and done. Easy peasy. Here we go. From Saskatoon. Is that in Canada? In Canada. It's Jacqueline Chiton. More like Jacqueline Wrighton. Oh, boom, 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 boom. Could be Chiton. More like Wrighton. Wrighton. Yeah, no, the pun still works, but I'm just making sure that Jacqueline feels yeah, sorry. included, Thank you so much. loved, appreciated um, because- 
You're an absolute legend. Thank you so much for supporting us. We appreciate you. And uh, and if yep and and yeah. Yeah. It's the end of a late night. I'm struggling now. Hey, no, thank you so much for, for everyone who supports us on Patreon. And you can go to patreon.com slash pod to get those rewards, those different tiers, and uh, support the show, help us keep going. And that's basically it. We've yeah. got to tell you that, um, you know, we've got a website, dogoonpod.com. Yep. Um, you can find us on socials as well at dogoonpod across uh, all social media. I think it's Podcast on TikTok. And you can suggest a topic. Anybody can. You don't have to be a Patreon supporter. Um, so there's a link in our show notes and also on that website, dogoonpod.com. Hey, we'll be back next week with the final instalment of Blockbuster Tova slash November 2023, the biggest topic of the year. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Our main man, Matt Stewart, will be back. I've missed him. I've missed him. I've missed his warm embrace. Exactly. His dulcet tones. Oh, my gosh. His odour. I feel like I can smell him right now. Sorry, odour has negative connotations, doesn't it? Odour is bad. Uh, Musk. His musk. Yes. That's much nicer. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll be back next week. Uh, But until then, I'll say thank you so much for listening and goodbye. Bye. 